proudly brought to you by Dan Bats. Dan Bats makes pro-quality wooden baseball bats for all ages at an affordable price. Dan Bats, the best Dan wood in the game. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Casual Sweats. This is a video game podcast, the only video game podcast you will ever need. I am one of your hosts, Josh, and Evan Small just entered the chat. What's up, Evan? Welcome. Hello, everyone. You know what I just, I literally just realized as I was saying that, I never give my last name, and I always say your last name. I don't know why that is. My last name is Owens. I'm Josh Owens. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's pretty... uh, (laughs) Typical name. I don't think anything to hide, I'm so, Josh. I'm Joshua so, Owens. I'm so like I'm so informal with myself, and then I'm like super formal with you when I say your name. Hello, Mr. Evan Small. <laughs> Welcome, uh, Esquire. Um, how's it going, man? How's your week been uh, since we last talked? Anything exciting? Anything new? There doesn't have Can't. to be. I feel like I'm putting pressure no, on you. N- not not too much. It, it's been a, a pretty smooth ride here, getting towards the end of the month. Holidays are around the corner, so I'm looking forward to some time off. And so stoked. More gaming. Hell yeah, dude. And we were just talking about getting fat over the holidays. Um, oh my God. I fully plan on doing that as well. I have a cheat. So usually I'll do like a cheat day every month or two months or something like that. I have a cheat week planned. Uh, my wife is uh, Cecilia's baking cookies, tons of cookies, so many cookies, and then um, obviously, like over the Christmas holiday, we're gonna eat some good stuff. So, well, I'm for those who don't know, you're it. you're currently keto, so we're that's why keto. this cheat week is is important too, because yeah. you're already restricted. Yeah. So yeah, I I started off. We did, uh, Cecilia and I did keto before our wedding. So like, and then we came back and I was like, you know, maybe I'll keep doing it. And then I was like off and on. And then we moved to North Carolina, dude. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much you know about the South, but like everything down here is so delicious and also so, so bad for your body. And so they don't care. It, it I, doesn't matter. Yeah. I ate so much cookout and so many milkshakes and so much like chicken <laughs> and waffles and everything else. And I, I'm pretty sure I was the heaviest that I've ever been um, about six months ago, like right around the beginning of the year this year. Uh, I stepped on the scale one morning and I was 248. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm two pounds away from 250 and I'm not doing it. I will. I refuse. I will not do it. <laughs> uh, so I told Cecilia, I was like, I think I'm going to go back on keto and it, it agrees with me a lot more than it does her. Um, and so she's kind of doing her own thing. But I've kind of just resigned to the fact that this is probably just going to be a lifestyle for me. Um, and it's working out pretty well. Like, I, I generally don't really miss the junk. But uh, I get Once very get excited about it. cheat days. So. Once you get through, like, the initial period of it, it's not hard. And just given how you feel and you don't have as many highs and lows, like, yeah. it, it, you can choose I feel amazing or better 
versus mm-hmm. like I feel like absolute dog shit. And you were asking me about that earlier because I got like a, a heat wave and just felt terrible towards the end of the day. <laughs> I'm starting to feel better now. And then you asked though, like you know, is there have you been eating a lot of sugar, insulin spikes, or anything like that? Um, not necessarily today. Did have a little bit, but yesterday, Cinnabons with chocolate ice cream had candy somewhere between that, I mean, that and uh, a few beers too. So yeah, yeah definitely putting it on. That's good living, dude. And <laughs> the the crazy thing is, like before I started this back up, I would have points. I'm not proud of this. Like I'm actually kind of ashamed of this that I let myself go this far. But I would have points where I'd like I would bend down to pick something up and I would get like super lightheaded. Just from like bending yeah. down to pick something up. And I'd be like out of breath from like tying my shoes and shit. Like it was not great. So I, I do feel much, much better now. I'm down to like so it's two forty eight and now I'm like I'm hovering around like two seventeen. So I've lost quite a bit of weight. Um, Congrats, man. Since then. So that's an accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. I'm trying to get down to 215 and then um, we'll reassess from there. 200, I think, is like the ultimate goal and then kind of maintain, but we'll see. If, and if you have a cheat week, just keep your expectations low. Uh, you know, cheat oh, yeah. weeks can. It's going to destroy can, me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did one. <laughs> Cecilia and I took uh, like a weekend away like a while ago. There, there's these cool, like, they call them getaway houses. Like, it's out in the middle of the, literally in the middle of the woods. It's like a tiny house. And so oh, yeah. it ends up being like glamping, you know? Uh, and so we took the dog out there and it was great. Like we did like a long weekend. Um, and so I, I did like four days or something like that, like where I just ate whatever the hell I wanted. And I literally gained like 15 pounds just from those four days. It also came off fairly quickly, but like it was terrible. Like I came back and I was like, Oh my God, I'm a fat, I'm a fat person again. <laughs> Um, which like, I'm not fat shaming, but like for me, I was like really proud of my progress. And then coming back and realizing I gained 15 pounds, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to enjoy myself and, uh, yeah. And then we'll hop back on the the wagon. So I think many people can share in some of the challenges of putting on weight, losing weight, putting it back on. Like it's, there's no script for any one person. Mm -hmm. It's tough. Yeah. It's very and, tough, but people don't, you know, people get too hard on themselves though, too. Like, yeah. I don't think that that's a bad thing. It's not the shame. Like you shouldn't enjoy shame or like, f- like feel bad about yourself or anything. But at the same time, that's also motivation for you to be like, oh, okay. Like I, I know how I feel right now. I don't necessarily like this and want to change it up. It's like me right now. Why I'm contemplating keto again. Cause I felt like shit, like absolute shit. I get that. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's really what it is for me. Like I just felt, I just felt. I don't know. I I was just uncomfortable like all the time. Um, yeah. So making that change for me was, was important, but yeah, you're right. There's, there's not like a, there's obviously no one size fits all, uh, pardon the pun that was not intended to be punny, but it sounded punny. Well, listeners, we're going to have a weight loss program and diet coming out here in the next few months. Uh, I think that this is, you know, where you can get your gaming advice as Mm -hmm. well as diet advice. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. For those might talk about religion too. Yeah. For those of you that didn't know, I'm, I'm going back to school for uh, nutrition uh, and personal training. So uh, <laughs> that's a lie. Philosophy, right? Yeah, philosophy. It's <laughs> I, I want nothing to do. Same I was, was going to say, fortunately for me, I like what I eat is not I don't struggle to like control what I eat. Like that's not that's just not hard for me. I'm not saying that as like a point of pride. It's just for me, that's not a hard thing to do where I do really mm-hmm. struggle is exercise. So that's why I'm choosing to diet instead of exercise. And I, I know I should be doing both, but you know, 
one like exercise every night one hill at a time Those thumb workouts That's right but yeah starting starting school back up in january for philosophy i'm very excited uh it's gonna be a long road because i'm planning to go all the way through phd and then teach at some point it's gonna be like 10 years of school but jesus it's been it's been a long time coming so we'll we'll see Holy we'll see what happens that, that, i the I'd, thought of 10 more years of school sounds horrible it i'm not thrilled but about it's also, how long it's going to take sure but i i am well, thrilled I, at the prospect you're passionate of passionate about do, it yeah i'm thrilled at the prospect of getting to do something that i've always wanted to do especially with my background you mentioned like religion we're way off the rails at this point but like oh yeah you mentioned religion and like my background being so crazy which we'll have to talk about on this podcast at some point because we may have people that don't know either one of us as as well as we know each other and so this may people may, just may not know what I'm talking about but like my background being so crazy I've always been interested in not always but like for a long time I've been interested in the relation between philosophy and religion um, and then also like psychoanalysis and like how all those things kind of like interweave and connect and like what the connections are and how they matter to each other. So that's, that's the direction I'm planning on taking it. I'm telling you right now what my thesis is going to be when I get there. So. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited um, for you, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited too, but I promise listeners, this is a video game podcast. And so we're going to talk about video games for a little while. Um, so just a reminder up top of a few things we have coming up. We've got our game of the year discussion. Um, you may know, and we're going to cover this a little bit later, that the uh, game awards just happened on the 10th. Um, and so we're going to run through some of that. And we're going to talk about who the game of the year winner was at the game awards. But that's not our game of the year and that's what matters. And so we're going to do our own game of the year discussion probably after, well, definitely after the first of the year. Um, and so we're, uh, we're soliciting nominations from our listeners. So if you're listening and you are thinking, man, I played blank game and it was the best game of 2020, please write in to casual sweats pod at gmail.com or just go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash casual sweats pod and tell us what that game is. And we would love to get your nominations for the game of the year. We're going to create our own list as well. We're going to throw them all onto one big master list. We're probably going to invite a couple people onto the podcast for that discussion. We're going to narrow it down and we're going to give you Evan. Should we commit to a top five or a top 10? Right. Oh, gosh. Top five. top five. I don't even know if I've played 10 games this year, I so agree. I'd be a poor host. Okay. Top five. So we're going to do a top five ranked, and that is going to be the definitive, 100% accurate, totally not wrong, objective, correct, ranked list of video games for 2020. Yeah. Yeah. The Game of Awards uh, contacted us and said they would revise it based on mm -hmm. our decision. Yeah. Jeff Keeley said he would retroactively pull... Uh, nominations and awards from the games that won uh, if our list differs from his. And he also apologized for running his show before we did our episode. But I heard that. Yeah. You know, I told him it's fine. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk for next year, but uh, you know, man, of, man of him or, you know, good of him to uh, at least own up to that and admit it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. We, uh, it was tense. It was tense at first when he, when he gave me a call, but oh yeah, we worked it out. We worked it out. It's fine. Um, and then also we're, uh, we're intending to do some Monday streams. I think we talked about this last week, but we ended up running pretty long. Um, and so we didn't do it last week, but Monday streams, as soon as we hop off the podcast, 
we're going to hop over to somewhere and stream. I think we're we're thinking this week about Warzone possibly after we get done here. So oh, yeah. um, if you are available on Mondays in the evening, probably somewhere around 10, 1030 Eastern, um, and you can extrapolate that to like whatever time zone you actually live in, but I live in Eastern, so that's the easiest for me. So 10, I'll 10, do the math Eastern, for you. 930 Central. There you go. Um, and then that would be 730 Western Pacific, not Western. It's called Pacific time. It, it, yes. Yeah. Uh, again, time has no meaning, but if you're available at those times, feel free to hop on, hit us up. Um, and we would love to play some games with you. And then last we also have a Last of Us Part 2 discussion um, that we are going to do. Uh, and that's separated out because Evan and I both, I think, feel very strongly about this game. And so we wanted to like give it its own sort of spotlight um, and talk about why we feel strongly about it, what we liked, didn't like maybe, uh, how the story impacted us. I've, I've said it to a lot of people, but The Last of Us Part 2 is absolutely the most impactful game i have ever played like i have never been more emotional uh or and that sounds really like it sounds dumb at the surface to say that a game made you super emotional but like dude we'll talk about this too but even watching the game awards and and seeing them talk about some of those moments and then like eddie vetter's performance and all that stuff like that made me emotional like it's 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 an emotional game it's it's hard to call it the heartstrings game but yeah Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it's fun to play, but it was an emotional roller coaster the entire yeah, way through. Yeah. And there are parts of it like, uh, well, we won't spoil too much because we'll talk about this, but there's parts of it where characters are making choices that you're like, man, please don't do that. Please don't do this. Yeah. No, please I don't, don't want to do this. I don't want to do yeah, this. Yeah. And then make it like, makes this. you do it. Oh it's, yep. oh, it's so good. It's just so well done. So we're going to have that discussion to you um, again after the first of the year. Um, so stay tuned for that. But Evan... That brings us to checkpoint. Checkpoint. That yours was. Oh, there you go. That was so good. Yours was. That worked. So, Did that work? Yeah. Yours was so much better than mine. Um. Oh, before we get into this, Evan, we have what? a theme. We officially have a theme song. Oh fuck yeah! Oh my god, it's so good. The listeners Finally. already heard it. It's yeah, so good. Hold on. I do want to, this guy. Yeah. Right. They're going to hear this as they're coming in, but yeah. new intro song they're, and, and shout they're, out. They're hearing us talk about it now. They're like, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. we love it. But um, yeah, I was going to ask you if you had the guys like info on hand, because I do want to give them a shout out. It's really good. Red Vard Dolaski. R-E-D-V-A-R-D-D-O-L-A-S-K-I. All right. I, that was butchered. So you'll you'll find him if you search any of that beginning part. But really good sound production. Um, that was not his normal music, though. Like he no. went out on and like this was out of his wheelhouse entirely, and like outside of like the guitar and everything. But when we asked him to do it, he's like, "Oh yeah, this will be a fun project." And he's got a ton of great reviews, mm-hmm. really you know high quality music. And so yeah, first round wasn't quite what we wanted, but he came back. Also, you know, awesome of him. And did it completely free on the second round through. So yeah, I was, was I was really nice impressed gesture. with like how well he, how much he worked with us and how well he worked with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause like I, you know, we were being picky, but like, I, I think reasonably so like this is, you know, something that we're going to have for a long time. So like, mm-hmm. you know, we wanted to make sure we got it right. And so, yeah, like he worked with us a lot and it was, I'm really happy with it. It's super catchy. I like, I, <clears throat> 
Oh yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I was playing it on um because he sent it to me on uh what was it Sunday must have been mm-hmm. yesterday. Dude, that was just yesterday. I can't believe it. Yeah, no, it was yeah yesterday. So he sent it to me yesterday, and I played it. Um, and I was like, I was walking uh, our dog with my wife and a couple of our neighbors and their dog, um, like out at a park, and I played it, and I was like, oh, I think I really like this. And so it was like, like he finally got it, and I was like, yeah, I think I think we got it. And then I got in the car and I was like, I need to hear it over like a good speaker system. So I plugged it into the car and I played it again. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think this is it. I think this is it. And then I found myself humming it later. And I was like, okay, well, now I know it's it because it's catchy enough to like hum after you've heard it. So, yeah. Very. I like it a lot. And I mean, it was on that first round. We both heard it. And I was like, I don't know. This isn't it. Like, it's good. It's just not it. And uh, when he sent this one back, it was very similar. I'm like, oh, yeah. like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, I think this is it. And started to smile as I'm listening to it go through, played it again. and was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it builds really well. Great. It's it's really good. So, yeah. by the way, way better experience with him than any other fiber I've ever worked with. A hundred percent. Me too. Yeah. First fiber I worked with, it was for graphic design. Uh, you get what you pay for, I suppose. But I was broke. Gave him five bucks and was like, hey, can you put a design together with this logo it comes back and i was pretty livid but i did spend the five dollars and you know didn't really think that it was uh too much of an issue but still pretty pissed because he did what looked like it was a powerpoint editor like he took a screenshot basically of some words he typed out in a powerpoint like visual editor and i was just like okay like i could have done that myself but you live and you learn this was probably a kid that was like trying to get his start in graphic design and like building a yeah. portfolio, but he's yeah, still, he's still active. Apparently I, I ended up seeing that in my order history and was like, you're still going pal. Good for you. Well, good for him. Is it, did he get better? Uh, did you check it or? Uh, no, no, it's about the same, but right. he's still going and I'm sure he's making money. Right. So well, good whatever. For him. I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's doing okay. Seemingly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so, uh, we're happy with our, our theme song. That was, I just, I got I got so excited because I meant to mention it because I think I think Evan, if I remember, I'm going to be splicing those stingers in to our different segments. So that's what made me think of it because now we're at checkpoint. Checkpoint. Um, yours is so much better than mine. I'm just going to let you do it from now on. Uh, so we wanted to talk this week with Cyberpunk 2077's release. We wanted to talk this week, and we're going to talk in depth about Cyberpunk 2077 later. But just as a general sort of topic, I've been thinking about this because of Cyberpunk's release um, and a few other releases over the last few years. How broken is too broken for a video game to actually be released? Um, the Cyberpunk is not the first time that a quote-unquote broken game has been released um, or a game has been released ahead of when it should have been released or seemingly unfinished or whatever. Uh, and <clears throat> that happens... To varying degrees of like later success and critical acclaim, but um, I thought it'd be I thought it'd be interesting to kind of dive in and like talk through, you know how we how we feel how finished and polished we feel a game should be before it's actually released to the public as a product. Um, you got something here on Skyrim. I'm interested to hear about that because I've heard great things about the game though. But it is never fantastic. actually went back and played it. Yeah, um, yeah. I can, if you want, I can start. Um, I because I just I kind of jotted down like a few sort of general thoughts. I, I think you've got like more, much more like specific stuff that I'm excited to get into too. But so 
I immediately thought of Skyrim when uh, we started like putting these ideas together because when Skyrim released, um, it was virtually unplayable for a few months. Um, so it launched, I think, in 2011. Yeah, it was 2011 because they made such a big deal out of their 11, 11, 11 release date. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, it, it released to some pretty rough technical performance on every platform. I think it released on PC, Xbox 360, and PS3 all at the same time. Um, but a couple of those platforms had like differing degrees of problems. And then the PS3, I think was the one that had the, the, the most issues. Um, and it wasn't a hardware issue. Like the PS3 could run it just as well. I think as, as the 360 could obviously PC is always going to be, if you're spec'd out, Mm -hmm. it's always going to be a little superior. But what I thought was crazy about this is that, Todd Howard and Bethesda knew that this was going to be an issue before they released the game. They tried to address it before release, but they did not address it completely before release. And so essentially what was happening is on the PS3, and I think to some extent on on PC and Xbox 360 as well, although it wasn't as bad, is on PS3, uh, the game was essentially, the game thought it needed to remember every single thing that you had done ever in the game. So like it was remembering a door you opened like five hours ago. Um, so like if you were walking into buildings and opening doors, like the game would think, okay, I have to remember that that door is open. And if you like moved something, it would, it would think, okay, I have to remember that they moved this from here to there. So it like had this like huge backlog of like stored memory that it was trying to keep track of. And then people save file, like originally people thought that the larger, like larger save files are making the game crash or not work properly. But those save files, from what I understand, were getting so large because the game had so much like backed up memory that it was trying to keep track of, and then eventually it just it would it would slow the game to a halt. Basically, frames would slow down, um, the game would just freeze or crash over and over. Um, and I I, just, I thought it was crazy because they knew that this was going to happen before they released it. Um, Todd Howard literally said. Uh, we knew that the PS3 was going to have a quote-unquote bad memory situation, and we tried uh, to solve it before release. Um, and the, so that 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 quote in the story are coming from Kotaku um, uh, back in 2012, um, after some of this had kind of died down. <clears throat> but and then after a few patches, it ran fine. Um, and the reason the reason Skyrim came to mind for me was that. Be, even though it was kind of unplayable for a long time, Bethesda is doing extremely well. Skyrim is widely regarded as one of the best games ever. It is a fantastic game. I've played it on multiple platforms. The joke is like, you know, most people that have played Skyrim probably own three or four copies because it's released on so many platforms so many times. Um, <clears throat> I got it when I got my PS, uh, my when I got my PSVR. Uh, it came with a VR copy of Skyrim, um, which I didn't play because I'm not trying to make myself extremely sick. I think I gave it to my friend Chad. <laughs> uh, but so it's it's doing really well. And then Bethesda actually got bought as as part of the Microsoft buying ZeniMax deal. Um, Microsoft bought ZeniMax for $7.5 billion, which is the biggest video game acquisition ever. 
Um, wow. And Bethesda, you know, acquired id later on and made Doom uh, and Doom Eternal, Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, um, which came out this year. So, like, Bethesda's doing fine. Um, and they, like, they have a history. Skyrim is not the only game that they've released that's super buggy at, at launch. Like, they have a history of most, if not all, of their games re- releasing and being really buggy. Fallout 3 was super buggy. Fallout 4 wow. was super buggy. Um, it's it's kind of like a running joke, but people tend to overlook it because their games are so deep um, and sort of detailed. Uh, and then... <clears throat> so that's, that's just the first point, but, like, do, any thoughts on that? Like, a game kind of releasing I, super broken and then kind of redeeming itself yeah well that that's part of why i even like the whole idea that skyrim is still has a phenomenal reputation like obviously what you know we'll discuss cyberpunk but it's like the initial pr associated with it is not good but we can kind of look like skyrim's the hindsight vision here Mm -hmm. like we can kind of see that as long as you still correct it like you have potential for still making a phenomenal game and uh yeah given that they sold the company itself for 7.5 billion. That is crazy. Dude, that's more than some of these like software companies getting bought out for other technologies. That's wild. And to be, to be clear, like Bethesda is part of ZeniMax. So ZeniMax was the purchase, which is like, you know, Bethesda, id, like other studios and like, you know, companies, but like Bethesda is by far one of the largest video game developers in the business right now. And it's, it's probably the biggest, it's it's probably the biggest piece of that acquisition. So yeah, seven point five billion yeah. is, is crazy. But like but, beyond sorry, did you have something else there? I was gonna say though, I mean, but still that idea of that six month period, the fact that you're releasing a game when it's in a broken state, like in in their case, could it have been better if they said, Hey, like for PS three we recognize there's like a massive issue and we don't wanna essentially ruin the game yes we're going to release on these other platforms first but they are in working condition and we want to make sure we address a bug first like you'll still get it maybe we give you a free courtesy gift of some sort i don't know like optional i suppose but that would have seemed a little bit better than releasing the game and knowing that you can fix it later still but you're you're giving somebody a a less a lesser product than what you've promised like it's Mm -hmm. not even a working product essentially so is that fair? I mean, yeah, I was going to say notably um, Todd Howard also came out before Skyrim released. I remember and said that they, they planned to release DLC, but <clears throat> he, uh, you know, Fallout three was their last big release before Skyrim came out and they released, I think five or six DLC packs for fallout three. And I remember Todd Howard saying that he wanted to release less DLC packs, but more dense DLC each time so like because he he Hmm. thought that the Fallout 3 model was a little bit too chaotic and so he wanted to like do less DLC but put more in each DLC that they were releasing so I you know and then they still charge for that so like notably I think you know if do if you're doing something like that and saying it's it's going to be delayed on PS3 we're so sorry we know there's an issue we're trying to fix it and like you're not going to enjoy this game in the state it's in. So let us fix it and then release it there. I I do think it's fair to say that and then say, and because of that, we're also going to include the first DLC pack free or the first two or whatever. Like there you go. depending on how generous you want to be. Um, and obviously it's, it's still not great optics, but at least it's transparent and it's like, it's, it's you acting in good faith and not 
just saying, well, we have to make our shareholders happy. And so this product goes out the door on this date in any condition because we told our shareholders that that's how things were going to be. Um, that's a valid point too, because we don't really know what they have to adhere to. And if there's any, I'll call it contractual obligations that they have to <clears throat> to withhold on their end. Yeah. I mean, again, with it releasing on 11, 11, 11, like it's, it's releasing in time for the holidays, essentially um, in 2011. So they were planning on it being a, a big Q4, mm-hmm. you know, uh, influx and the this is this is the other thing i hate about like that stuff dude is that um for for like company financials and stuff like that like it's it's so weird like some companies like literally this year um i can't think of any off the top of my head but i know it's happened and i've like taken note every time uh developers have delayed games simply because they already had like a pretty solid quarter, like in any given quarter. And so they were like, you know what? We need to pad Q3 a little bit because Q2 is already pretty good. We need to pad Q3 a little bit. So we're going to delay this game out of Q2 and put it in Q3 so that Q3 looks better. It's the same. They're probably going to make the same amount of money. Like it's, it's all the same money. It's just like they're putting it in a different quarter to make that quarter look better than it would have otherwise. And I like I just don't understand that stuff. Like, and this is where I'm like, would you like shareholders calm the fuck down? You're still going to get your money. Like, you are Bethesda. This is Skyrim. Like, this is an Elder Scrolls game. People are going to buy it. So chill the fuck out. Let them fix the game, and then you'll get your money in Q1 uh, of 2012 instead of Q4 of 2011. Like, is it really that big of a deal? But, but Josh, you don't understand how expensive my monthly payments are on my Ferrari. I, yeah, I was gonna say. I guess. I guess you, you know you got to pay for your beach house and uh, wherever the fuck people have beach houses. I'm not even rich enough to know where you would have a beach house. <laughs> Santa Monica. I don't know. Florida. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that, yeah, that stuff drives me crazy. But the, the other things, like just general thoughts that I had on this, were unplayable or malfunction this is me this is my opinion so like you weigh in here too listeners if you have opinions mm-hmm. on this stuff please write in to me an unplayable or malfunctioning game is not a real product that's not a product you you sold um an almost product like we wouldn't accept this from any other industry and that's like so this this is where my mind went and i've thought about this before because this has happened before but imagine, so the, the three examples I've got here, imagine buying a toy, right? And the manufacturer tells you they're going to send the rest of the pieces six months late. Like you open it up and it's only like half of what you need. Like imagine buying a Lego set, right? You open it up and the instructions are there for the entire set. And then you start building it and you run out of pieces halfway through and you're like, well, what the fuck? And then there's like a little insert in there that says, oh, we're going to send you the rest of the pieces six months later. Or in this case, you have to call them and be like, hey, what the hell with this game, with this Lego set? And then they tell you, oh, yeah, we're going to send you the rest of the pieces six months later. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. We would mm-hmm. not accept that. In software, imagine paying full price for Adobe Suite, and then you find out it doesn't work as advertised. It doesn't have all of the features they advertised, but they're going to give you all those features and pieces six months later. Absolutely not. Like, you're asking for a refund of buying a different product. And then the last, I, the last like 
example I thought of is like even like even Ikea, like you yeah. buy stuff from Ikea knowing you're going to have to take it home and put it together yourself. Right. Yeah. Imagine buying something from Ikea, getting home and finding out they gave you like they gave you a lot of the part product you bought. But like there's also some like placeholder parts in there. So like one of the legs like Styrofoam. maybe doesn't match or maybe it's just a little bit shorter. And they're like, yeah, we kind of ran out of like this piece or these pieces for this thing. So we included these other like placeholder pieces and then we'll send you the rest of it six months down the line. Like no fucking way we would accept that from any other industry or even the restaurant business. You order a burger and a house dude, salad, right. but you get the tomatoes on the side and no buns on your burger. Like, yeah. Oh, we're going to send you the rest of that. Even we'll put know, it in a doggy an bag. And you, like you can take it home. Like yeah. what the hell? No, that's, that's not, for carry out. Yeah. That's not what I ordered. You know? So like, I, yeah. I just don't understand like why, like we constantly, we continually year after year bend over and take it in the ass from like developers that can't finish a fucking game before they release it. But we like, we would never take that from any other industry or company. Like I don't, I just don't understand it. Yeah. Imagine buying a movie, but you can only watch half of it. Exactly. That's so crazy. Anyway. So that like that, that was kind of the stuff that I was like mulling over in my head on this front. But I, you have some specific, like slightly more specific examples um, that I'm excited to get into. Well, good analogies. I uh, I like how you um, your take on that. For me, I was trying to think back to previous games that really pissed me off. And some of these are just nitpicky, honestly. But actual problems goes back to what you had just said. Like, if there's an actual problem that inhibits me from getting the full experience of the game, it's broken. It's not the full game. So a couple examples of that, the online experience. If you're saying that it's a multiplayer online environment or whatever, you have other game modes that you can play on there, yet you can't actually connect to a game or it takes too long to get into the game, a laggy experience during the game, like that's a broken game. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't, you can't play that. And that, that I think is probably one of the worst ones because you've made it to the menu. You're getting hyped. You're about to jump in. Yeah. You might have friends that are online and you start the game and, sure as shit you can't actually connect to it or you have a laggy experience where your friends are cutting in and out the entire time like and you more than likely already waited 30 to 45 minutes to even a couple hours to install the game or install the goddamn day one patch which has also become an annoying part of video games oh god yeah 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 i fully agree uh fully agree yep those so any online experience issues that's probably the top of like just the worst in in my opinion but for offline this is you know applies to games with online as well but like offline specifically the glitches the bugs like ones that are like just actual broken elements where your game will start crashing like in skyrim's example like that not only messes up your experience in the game but could affect your system too like i had it where i was playing a game system crashes and I had to reinstall all of the content because my PS4 didn't shut down properly. Like it was a just overall issue. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened to my, this one, my original like base PS4, I think twice. Uh-huh. I don't remember the games that did it, but that happened twice. Yeah. It's a big, and that, that's really not fun. Um, poor UX of this, like these last ones are really just me being nitpicky and it's probably more subjective than anything, but Poor UX or absence of obvious features. Like if I've got to go through 18 different steps on a menu to get to the actual gameplay, 
Like that's, that's just annoying. Seems like you didn't really think through the actual flow of the game. Um, or even just simple features that we've seen in other games, like being able to enter a new game immediately. Like if it's an online experience, you just jump right back into it. Games like NHL, which is kind of baffling to me because it's a, a sports game. You're constantly there to play the game and like, you should just be able to queue up and play another game and just get started into a new lobby. Like Rocket League does that, Call of Duty, uh, Fortnite, a bunch of different games started doing that. Um, so that's a big you know, picky spot for me. And then, like I said, number of steps. NHL is also classically bad for this. Like their in-game menu is dog shit. And it takes so many steps to get to to many of the modes that exist in the game. Like, it's basically like, are you sure you want to do that? Or <laughs> like, here's a couple more settings that you haven't checked out yet. Like, let me set my settings once at the beginning and let's call it a day. Okay, but like, Evan, you know what you I'm going to sure do. You want to play a match? But are yeah, you sure? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, no, no, enough with that. Um, overcomplicated or abstract controls. I think some people get a little bit too... I don't know if it's egotistical or artistic. Like they want to like, oh, we're going to create these new controls that don't adhere to any of the standard controls. Like you're going to shoot with L3 or you're going to, um, you know, you're going to use the pad and swipe back and forth super fast to like get your person to run. Like don't do that. Just keep it like X to jump, like move with the analog sticks, mm-hmm. like just keep it basic and what people are used to because mm-hmm. that's how they've been playing games the entire time. And it breaks immersion, and then, dude. Like yeah. if, I'm, oh, yeah. if I'm having to learn a crazy control scheme that nobody has ever used before and for some reason yeah like whether it's we would like we we have an artistic vision or like you're just trying to like stand out like you're breaking your own game for me like i want to enjoy your game i don't want to have to relearn how to do everything you know yeah yeah they've got a six page manual of how to actually use it (laughs) fuck you yeah um last one this one's definitely the most nitpicky but like when certain games overuse what I'm calling bumper guards during key moments of the the storyline, I reference God of War, but I love God of War. So it's not really like it's to kind of provide an analogy like God of War. You'll get to a boss and it's like at the end, it's like tap back super fast to like rip his trachea out, like <laughs> silly things like that. But like when games overuse that feature and it's like, I want to just actually fight the boss. Like, let me actually do some of the the missions that you're you're providing here. Mm-hmm. Like that can kind of take away from it or where it forces you into certain gameplay that like doesn't allow you to explore it. Like you created this like massive world, yet you can only stay within like a certain path of it. Like that part's a little frustrating, at least yeah. allow people to go a little bit into it. But that one, again, that's that's just me. And that one's not really that bad. Like it's still a working game. No, I, I agree on those two. You know, what's interesting. I read I read something a while back. It was when it was right at the beginning of like when PS5 was starting to release details and people were talking about the SSD and what that was going to mean for game uh, game development and what could be different. They were talking specifically about open world games. And you know how, so God of War is a great example because it had a lot of this. Um, <clears throat> you know how like you'd have to like, in God of War, you'd have to like crawl under rocks or like, like sidestep through mm-hmm. like a bunch of passages. They talked about how that's essentially a way for developers to like cordon off different areas of a world or a level so that the game doesn't have to load all of it at the same time because if it does then it's you're running yeah. into that memory problem again. So like that like little crawl under a rock or like sidestep through a passage is essentially like a loading screen without you realizing it's a loading screen. And so right. it's like closing off the area behind you and opening up the one in front of you. Which I thought was really interesting cuz it's a clever solution to a problem 
that games have had for a long time. But like it's it's not necessary anymore. Um, and you know what? I I noticed it even with like The Last of Us versus The Last of Us Part Two. The Last of Us does this stuff a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's like Joel handing Ellie uh, a ladder or um, again, you like having to like jump over, like crawl over something or under something or something like that. The last of us part two did it less, but it still did it. Um, and, but that, that stuff is like, it gets really old really fast. It's right. I think that it makes sense. And there's definitely a middle ground. Like mm-hmm. if that's helping a developer get their product out in a, a fashion, that's not broken. Great. Like I get it, but don't overuse it at the same time. Yeah. Um, last of us actually beautiful game altogether so i can't really shit on them for too much <laughs> it's a pretty badass game altogether. we're we're gonna fangirl over that game uh much much more later um too but uh or the, that I, I should say that developer uh in that franchise but um yeah man all valid points like i ju- i think the over the overarching theme here is just and again, I'm not a developer, so like I'm I may be talking out of my ass, but like just if it's going to be broken when you put your thing out, don't don't put it out. Like I I just Probably don't understand why it's okay for game developers to put out something that is broken that cannot in any sense of the word be considered a, a actual product. But I I, ju- I just don't get it. Like I just can't understand it. So it's because they've gotten away with it. Yeah, I, and now we've set the precedent, right? Like now, like people pre-order shit, and I'm guilty of it. I pre-ordered cyber, Cyberpunk, like, and we're gonna talk about that later. But like, you know, I've done it. So I, I guess the solution here is to vote with your wallet. But yeah, right. That it's it's hard. It's just really hard to do. So. <laughs> you know we're what i'm saying evan is that we are also part of the problem i guess oh Uh, 1000 that's not gonna stop we're here shouting and yelling at him okay yeah exactly i'm angry um well yeah i i think that's i think that's a productive discussion we definitely didn't like there's a lot more nuance and detail that could be pulled out of this conversation i think and like listeners if you have an angle on this that we didn't cover or if you just straight up disagree with either one of us uh, and you just want to tell us how wrong we are, you can do that too. Or if you want to agree and say, you guys are awesome and super insightful, you can tell us all those things. Um, <laughs> any of those would be acceptable. I so. could also see if you don't like it, then don't play it. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of you that. to make a fair point. That, that, yeah. And that again, that's fine. That is fine. But there is a precedent that has been set now. You know what I mean? Like I, like I, th- yeah. again, this is why I'm going back to school to study philosophy because like, most of the stuff I'm like, yeah, but the, the principle is like the idea is what I'm trying to get at. Not like individual use cases. Like I really don't give a shit if you, if you want to buy a broken product and you're fine with it, that's fine. But like, it should not be okay for companies to put out things that are broken and be like, this is a product. Cause it's not, I feel like we could uh, create a segment, which is about your philosophy and interest in that, like, and just 
go like just set it on like you get 10 minutes to rant <laughs> about whatever it is and like i guarantee because you, 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 you generally do though cover both sides like you will say oh like i get it there's this this and this like just as you put within that one uh description of how developers will use like oh you got to hand this ladder or crawl under the rock like mm-hmm. that's essentially a loading screen like we get it and it helps the game load faster like i think that there's a lot that you could uncover in this I guarantee a lot of it is going to come out when we have our last of us part two discussion a hundred percent because there's so much in it. There's like the myth of a redemptive violence. Um, there's like, there's <laughs> the, like, uh, there's a lot in it time. Save it, so save it. We'll definitely get into it. Um, Evan, that brings us to progress bar and that's the things like, we've been doesn't uh, really sound good. Progress bar. Like, okay. I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna have to think about that too. I mean, we'll have we'll have like our our nice stinger music to throw yeah, in some here. type of sound effect. Like, there it is. We'll just clip that. That's how all of our sound effects are gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> just us making noises. <laughs> no, you know what? We don't. We won't even clip it. We'll just do it live every week, uh, and so it'll be unique and like yeah. yeah I I love like it. You know, spinoffs Lo-fi. of uh, that dude from Police Academy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I like yeah. it. Um, yeah, this is the games we've been playing and, uh, you know, kind of what we've been getting up to, uh, in those games. And I'm going to toss it to you first, Evan. What have you been playing? I've been playing, it's like Groundhog Day. I mean, not only is 2020 Groundhog Day Mm -hmm. or it feels Mm -hmm. that way, but I've been playing a lot of the same games, but I've enjoyed them. And, uh, one of these games being on the the award list for best, I believe, online multiplayer game or esports game, Call of Duty wasn't the qual or the the winner but it was nominated one of them up there yep um anyway so i've been playing that a lot uh kyle my future brother-in-law he's been playing gunfight very uh frequently here and made a really good point to that where he's like you go into warzone if that's your preferred mode you're not gonna have all of the guns that you're you know you're not gonna have your loadout every time you need to be familiar with these other guns and it also forces you to kind of play in that mentality where it's you against a couple other people. It's like when you encounter a squad. So I felt that that's actually really helped. Um, So I did some gunfight 2v2, which is an absolute blast, Uh, and then did a custom 2v2 off, well, I guess offline or online, similar to couch play, which was a lot of fun. So you can literally set all of your different settings associated with that game. Um, I love But those two have been... Yeah. I love when people start thinking like the games that they really enjoy in ways that are like, okay, if I play this, it's going to make me better at the the main thing. And so I'm going to like play this for a while as almost like training for the other thing. I do that with Rocket uh-huh. League too. I, I love that shit. Like I've never thought about that before, but that is, he's exactly right. Oh yeah, 100%. And you can kind of force you to, to challenge yourself too. Not only with unfamiliar guns, but let's say you get stuck with a throwing knife. Maybe you want to try something out with it. Like you get two rounds to do that each time That's flipping cool. aside so there's really no advantage of which side you end up starting at and uh best of six i believe whoever gets first to six wins cool. takes the game but actually i did miss a note on that that led me down a discussion of skill-based matchmaking which i do want to get into in a little bit but i want to hear the games you've been playing first oh yeah yeah i'm excited to like I, I haven't read that article so i'm excited to talk about that um all right just real quick um i played D again yesterday it's fantastic. It's quickly becoming one of my favorite things. I like every time the DM uh, says like, and that's where we're going to end tonight. I get really sad. Like <laughs> I just want to keep going. All I wanted to do was like 
just figure out what the hell's going on last night. Um, so the last time we talked about this, I had tickled a ghost uh, to get myself out of a very hairy situation. I, I could have died, but didn't. Um, so we wiped that thing out. We got further into the like crypt slash dungeon that we were exploring, crossed a, a very scary rickety bridge over a chasm um, that probably would kill us if we fell into it. And then we ended up fighting some more zombies um, and like skeleton soldier things uh, and then got past that to I think he called it a blood temple. But it's like this big open room, like way, way down, like 200 feet underground at this point. And there was a <clears throat> there was a monster in there called a beholder. Um, which any, if anybody's familiar with D&D, you already know what a beholder is. But like they're fucking they're scary things like they're they're serious business. Like and then we found out after our, our session how close we came to just being obliterated completely. We totally lucked out. But like and it was a zombie beholder because like the the theme of this whole dungeon has been like there's zombies everywhere and we're trying to figure out why there's zombies and things are coming back to life. So there's a zombie beholder and there was like a flaming skull in this room. Um, and so we were fighting those things. And, um, I had the privilege of landing the killing blow on the beholder, which was awesome. Uh, I, I fired an arrow right through its fucking eye and just, it, it just straight through the thing's head right out the other side. It just fucking, nailed him see that that sounds more realistic like had you come in with like a finishing tickle move i I would have been like all right what are we playing dude i i'm so excited to use so the the that spell um it's an actual there's like things called cantrips and thing called spell things called spells so cantrips you can use like whenever um it's just something you you like have on hand and you can use at any time spells you you only have like a certain number of slot spell slots that you can use like before you've done a long rest, I think, is what resets them. Uh, and I only have three spell slots. So I've used two spells, I think, at this point. I only have one slot left. Um, but as I level up, I'm sure I'll get more spell slots. So I'm excited to, to use that specific spell, Hideous Laughter, in way more situations because I think it's got a lot of <laughs> hilarious applications. But anyway, I killed the zombie beholder. And afterwards, we were kind of looting around, and I found an amulet that lets me read people's thoughts. Um, oh, or at least it seems like that's what it does. And so I'm excited to find out what else I can do with that. That's going to be very useful uh, in upcoming sessions. So D&D continues to be exciting. Played some Warzone. Couldn't clutch, couldn't clutch the challenge that we talked about last week. We'll talk more about that in a bit. Uh, tried to play some Rocket League, and the servers went down shortly after Season 2 started. Um, and so I didn't get to play as much as I wanted. Um I've been kind of plowing through Last of Us Part 2 to get that platinum. Um, I left off shortly after the Take On Me sequence in the Valiant Music Shop, um, where Ellie sits down, finds a guitar, plays Take On Me. Uh, Dude, there's just so much great music in that game, too. Um, There's just so many things to love about that game, but like... And it was like, it's so... She's like, she starts playing that Eddie Vedder song, that Pearl Jam song that, that Joel played... Um, and then Dina walks in and she's like, what's that? And she's like, oh, it's nothing. And then, you know, she plays take on me, like an acoustic version of take on me. That's amazing that I've tried like 300 times to replicate. And I just can't play it as well as she does, which makes me so mad. Um, 
but it's such a great scene. Uh, so like exploring that, Seattle like, is, is great. That, that scene like gives me the chills too. And even when you were talking about it, I'm like, that was like such a brilliant, like one song to use in that particular scene. Yeah. And then the fact that now, if you had played the game, you'll know that how well it fits into mm-hmm. like the entire story too. Like just yeah. brilliant. And the, what I love about those musical moments, it's so strange to talk about musical moments in a game. that's so violent and like, crazy but like those musical moments are such nice reprieves from like the reality of everything else that's going on and you can feel that the characters like that's what they're taking away from these like little moments as well um it's just such a nice little like it's peace in the middle of like this crazy storm of violence and revenge and anger and hatred and like you know and then survival survival. yeah um it's it's just so brilliantly used but uh so yeah i love it and like the way the way you can play you know you use the touchpad to play the guitar um it's just it's really good uh i played a little bit of miles morales mostly just to check out the update that they recently released that allows you to play at 60 fps with ray tracing on uh which was not possible at launch it was either 30 fps with like ray tracing um and they called it fidelity mode like just the best possible graphics or you could play at 60 FPS without that stuff. And now they've done sort of a hybrid mode, but basically what it does in game, it tells you that it adjusts scene resolution and pedestrian density. So it sounds like it lowers the resolution a bit. Um, and there's not quite as much going on in the scene at any, any given point, but you can play at 60 FPS with ray tracing. Looks great. Still a fun game. Um, and then I played cyberpunk 2020 or 2020, 77, no, 2077, 2077. Um, there you go. and, uh, I I've got some thoughts on it. We're going to, we're going to talk more about cyberpunk later, but these are my initial spoiler free thoughts. The pros are it's extremely deep and detailed as we would expect from CD project red. The world building is great. It also trusts the player to put a lot of things together on their own. It, it uses a lot of vernacular in the game that is we do not use it's completely unique at least as far as i know to the game but they use it in context enough for you to pick up what they're talking about and they never like go out of their way to be like input means this output means that when it's referring to a person um it just uses it enough in context for you to get what they're talking about um it'll talk Hmm. about like it'll it'll say things like gang goons um uh, or chumba or like stuff like that like it'll it'll use like these words and it uses them enough in context that it's they're like trusting you to pick up. Okay, that's evidently what this means. Um, and then it'll it'll just like sort of point you in a direction, and like it trusts you to understand how things work or figure out how things work. Um, the world building is really really good. Night City is beautiful. Uh, I love the aesthetic. Like I, I'm a fan of anything cyberpunk anyway, and so um, I think they do. I think they do the genre really well from a world building and like a aesthetic perspective. Um, the soundtrack is also really good. Like as you're driving around in your car, so, sort of like GTA, you can pick different music stations and surprisingly the combat is really good. At least to me, it's a, it's an RPG primarily. So there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of like uh, exposition as far as like, there's a lot of cutscenes and things like that. Um, it's it's very RPG heavy. It's definitely an RPG pr- first and foremost. It is not a first person shooter first and foremost. But the combat to me feels really really good. Enemies are a little bit bullet spongy, but like I like I'm really into the weapons. There's a ton of weapons in this game. Leveling is interesting. Perks are really good. Um, it's very detailed, and there's a lot of 
opportunities and possibilities. Um, and weirdly I've had a lot of fun with the clothing mixing and matching too. every piece of clothing you pick up has a armor rating on it. And so if you're just min maxing and like specking for the most armor that you can get out of any given clothing item, it ends up looking very cyberpunk because you like it either looks like cyberpunk or old town in Chicago on like a Saturday. Cause like people, <laughs> it's just the most random combination of clothing. Like you could be wearing, there's literally Kevlar booty shorts in the game. So like and <laughs> any character, incredible. like male or female, like it, it doesn't matter. Like, so any character can wear any piece of clothing. So you could be wearing like Kevlar booty shorts, Converse sneakers, a tank top, uh, a gas mask, like a visor, like some kind of jacket. Like it ends up looking very cyberpunk because like the mixing and matching is, is it's really funny. Like that aspect of it. I love a lot. Um, so that's the stuff I like about cyberpunk. Some of the cons so far, we're going to talk about more of this stuff, but there are, and I'm playing on PS five. Primarily. I did try it on my PS four pro, but there are glitches in the game. So I actually made a note. I've got a notes doc. So on the PS5, I've got like immediately when I started the game, there was an NPC at a bar that was missing her legs. They were just not there. Her feet were there and her hips were there. Her legs were gone. Uh, There was like trays floating in the air. Um, At one point I like, you know, you do a mission and you go back to your apartment And then I woke up in my apartment and I was like looking around my inventory and I was just naked somehow. And this game is like, it doesn't shy away from your, from like showing like genitalia or like anything. So like, like I, and I'm playing a, uh, a male gendered character. And so I have my character as a penis. And so I opened my inventory, not expecting to see a penis because I had clothes on when I went to sleep and I, my penis is just flopping around carelessly in the breeze in the inventory there screen. It is. Uh, so that was a, a surprise as well. Um, it's crashed three times on me now playing on PS5. Um, my car was floating in the air at one point uh, after I parked it. That was crazy. There's there's a lot of like dead bodies that still twitch and move after they're dead. So then you can't really tell if they're dead or not. Um, so that makes things interesting too. I've definitely shot dead bodies over and over again uh in a few cases just thinking that they were still trying to fight me um and it's just their hog yeah, out in yeah, the exactly. wind with rigor mortis somehow somehow they ended up naked and so their their penis is just carrying them across the floor uh in, in a in a few missions you've got like a, a partner that's that's doing them with you and he ends up like sort of if you are in the wrong spot he'll push you around like he'll just he's got like a path that he's going to go on whether you are in the way or not so it doesn't handle like uh, NPC partners nearly as well as some other games like The Last of Us. Um, y- like he'll just like push you. So like you could be hiding behind a box, but if you're in his path, he's gonna push you out into the open, and you're gonna get shot. Um, like, does he literally push you, or is it just you get pushed you, by you just like, get his pushed. movement? Yeah, you just get pushed by him walking. Okay. Um, and then there, like, there's some things that just don't work properly all the time. Like the fast travel, you have to hit three or four times sometimes before it actually works. Um, sometimes items won't populate in your menu or in your hand, um, like the visual hmm. for it. And so it's hard to know what you're looking at. 
Um, and then, so that's all on the PS5. On the PS4, uh, I tried it on my PS4 Pro. My brother-in-law is currently borrowing my base PS4, so I didn't get to try it on the base PS4. And from what I hear, it's the base models of last-gen consoles that are having most of the issues. But um, NPCs were walk on my PS4 Pro. NPCs were walking through doors, uh, like closed doors. Um, objectives were just straight up not triggering. Like I was following a mission, and then then I would do the thing, and then the next part of the mission would not fire. And this is stuff I already I had already done on the PS5. So like I know what's supposed to happen next, and it just wasn't triggering. Um, I just noticed you have the marquee behind you as well. I'm so excited that you got that. Um, did you did you have enough? It looks like you had enough S's to populate. Oh yeah, I've got more letters. I can mail them to you. Okay. Did you I've just where'd you get yours? The letters. This was uh. So I went to the office because I still had a bunch of items there, uh-huh. and that used to say like if I was on a call or something, I just had it because people would come up to me because I always had my headphones in, so I just used that as a way to be like, hey, yes, I am on a call or like, uh-huh. not. Um, had enough letters on. I was like, oh, this is perfect. And after you pulled it out, what two episodes yeah. ago, I was like, yeah, I got to do that. And I found it the other. Where'd day. you get your letters or from? When I was at the. Um, that was from Target originally. Okay, I'm gonna have to go to Target. So it I came with the that, initial right. package. All right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, this is a prime example of my ADHD. Like I'm like on a tear about something, and then I like caught it out <laughs> of the corner of my eye. Um, There's dicks flying out <laughs> my pants. Oh, you got the you got the screen over there. Uh, I don't even remember where it was. Oh, so um, objectives not trigger triggering. Um, having to like it's even worse. Some of the stuff that doesn't work every time on PS4. Uh, like having to push buttons like five or six times to get something to actually work. Um, it freezes really hard when a tutorial message pops up. Like it lags for like a good five or six seconds before the tutorial message even pops up to let you know why it's like stopping the game. Um, it gets really framey and even like light combat situations, like shooting at two or three guys, like engaged in combat with like two or three people it gets really, really laggy and choppy. Um, it gets really, for some reason, it gets really chunky in elevators too. Like it gets really framey in elevators. Menu items oh. are getting like stuck on the screen. So if you're looking at something to pick it up, there's like a little box in the right hand corner, bottom right hand corner that tells you what it is. And even after you've stopped interacting with that item, it'll just get stuck in the bottom right hand corner. Uh, and I, I don't know exactly how you get that to go. Eventually it goes away, but it gets stuck for a long time. Um, and then there's like new areas that you'll walk into, like whether it's like down an alley or like onto a street or something there, it'll literally just look like there's a wall in front of you and then the wall will dissipate and it'll populate what's supposed to be there. But it's, it's like the game just hasn't realized that that's supposed to be there at that moment. You like stuck up on it or something. Um, and then the, like the last, the last one that I noticed on the PS4 was that your hand constantly will clip through like a gun uh, like a shotgun so like you're holding a gun but the shotgun is like underneath your left hand instead of on yeah. top of it so your hand still is like in the position of holding a shotgun but the shotgun's right. actually like underneath it or like going through it instead of like your hand actually holding it so there's a lot of stuff that's kind of immersion breaking in the game um and then like a, it a, sounds like some of the the issues with early vr games and even current oh, VR yeah. games oh, yeah. where stuff will just kind of phase through and yeah guns like floating above you like there's you can tell there's like physics in the game but it's like uh you know eighth dimension physics 
or like you know it's like we're just not woke enough yeah, then it's just crazy that's what it is um and then you know like a couple nitpicks like it, it does the game starts kind of slow uh it's got a really steep learning curve at least in my opinion um and it's kind of bad in the beginning it's kind of bad at pointing you in a direction like there's there's a point at which the game kind of fully opens up and you can do anything you want to do but it seems like it opens up a lot more than it does before that and so the game is kind of bad at like saying now you like you got to go this direction like do this first and then you can do whatever you want to do um and i got stuck i actually uh if you click this link evan a goofy purple and pink mohawk i created a character and i i did that hairstyle and hair color because i was like this is cyberpunk and i'll definitely get to change this later on because it's a rpg about being cyberpunk so i was like fuck it i'll do this so like i made my character jumped into the game and then realized that you cannot customize your character at least at the moment after you've done the initial character customization which is not cyberpunk at all so i got stuck with this stupid fucking purple and pink mohawk and i was like i guess this is my character now and i played for a good nine hours until eventually and you don't see your character much because it's a first person game but when i would see my character i was like i can't i can't do this i can't do this <laughs> so i literally started the game over uh and created a different character and i'm like almost caught up to where i was before so it was like bothering me i don't much. i don't like it it's like it, right it looks it looks pretty bad so jeans look a little too tight too. yeah yeah there's just nothing great about that character and the other annoying thing is like there are some missions without giving anything away there are some missions where you have to look like a little more corporate like you're wearing like a a nice suit and like walking into a nice place but like your character still has this insane hair like they don't do anything to change any of that So, so i'm like no, this doesn't work at all. So, like, I did something that's okay. a lot more He's wearing neutral. A suit. Yeah, yeah. So, I did something that's a lot more neutral this time around, uh, and I like it a lot more. But um, so that that's my experience in Cyberpunk so far. Uh, my, it's we'll talk about this more later. It's really hard for me to recommend the game in the state it's in right now. But for me, it's exactly the type of game that I like. It's a deep. Uh, open world RPG. I love cyberpunk aesthetic stories. Like that whole genre is like right up my alley as well. Um, and it's it, like it, if you think Blade Runner, like that's, they nail like the Blade Runner feel sure. very well. Um, and Blade Runner to me is a great world. I, I fucking hate the movie. I think it's one of the dumbest movies ever. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree Didn't with me do so well. on that. But, um, I, like, the original either. Like, I just... I don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, Never watched it. It's... I, I don't think it's worth it, but I I'm I think I'm in the minority. People Strange. are going to yell at me for that. Yeah, man. Jeez. But the, the aesthetic and, like, the world building is really cool, and I, I think they nailed that. So, I love it. Um, you know, but I just... I don't think I can... Maybe wait right six now. months until they fix some of it. Yeah. So... That's my experience so far. Um, Okay, but you wanted to talk about skill-based matchmaking. Briefly, because it it led to me, like, obviously I've been playing gunfights, so I do feel like I've been playing a little bit better, but I came across an article about skill-based matchmaking. And 
when I was playing with the four in a game of squads, we ended up like I was getting 10 guilt, 10 kill games pretty consistently, which like to me, like that's a, that's a decent amount right there. And like, pretty good. was happy with the performance and everything, but I'm like, is it possible that I'm like ranked higher than some of the people? And it's not like they're good players. So I don't, I have no idea where I would fall on that, but like, how does it affect when you're with other people with lower skill? Like how much of that is weighted? Um, but I saw a bunch of like fans or, or players are boycotting black ops cold war because they don't want, um, this skill-based matchmaking and I, I shouldn't say boycott they're creating different profiles and jumping into those lobbies and just murking people because they don't want skill-based matchmaking they don't want skill-based matchmaking they feel that they need to use whatever the meta is just to survive with any game and so like it takes away from the experience itself where they can't just ever be off and like go into a game and have fun because if they're ranked super high like they're gonna get thrown into an ultra competitive match where like people are just very good so i kind of get that side as well but i'm like if you remove that like it wouldn't be fun for a beginner to go in there and just get obliterated like because people are gonna prevent people from growing into the game yeah people would be smurfing every game essentially like you you wouldn't even have to start a new profile to smurf you like you could just be doing it on your main one right that's crazy and some of the the players are saying well this is like trial by fire like you're gonna have to learn your skills naturally Right. That's like I don't that's know, like the but. that's like the Dark Souls assholes that are like just get good, get good at the game. Like fuck you. Like it's a stupid statement. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I hate that so much. But this yeah. is essentially so, this is talking about skill-based matchmaking that's based on your level, right? Like right. to me that's not that's not imagine. even skill-based matchmaking to me. That's like level-based matchmaking. I feel like so I could see that. I think I think Apex does this pretty well. Rocket League even does this pretty well to an extent. Because at the start of every season, you jump in, you have to play 10 matches, and then it tells you what the rank your rank is, um, your starting rank mm-hmm. is, depending on your performance in those 10 matches. And my buddy and I, uh, jumping into season two, Andrew and I, we played enough matches to get ranked, and he and I ended up like in the same, I think we were both gold three, but we were d- like a division apart at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, which proves that like it's not just how many games you win it's also like how you are playing in those games like however it's figuring it like your average because you get like a certain amount of points for like goals or like saves or whatever so like maybe it's your average points per game or something like that but like it it gauges it based on your performance in those games apex i think also uh does matchmaking based on performance too so if you lose like three or four games in a row you'll like you're gonna get an easier lobby because you're not doing well. That's what it seems to be here with Call of Duty as well. That's actually what they're saying. So some are creating other profiles, but there's also people that will lose several rounds to do exactly that, to like hack the system and get back into a yeah. so then, uh, less competitive lobby. So then it is a skill-based matchmaking. It doesn't seem like it's as much... It doesn't seem like it's as much based on your level as it is like your performance? Or is it? are they saying it's mixing both? There's not. I don't see anything about the level, but I figured that that's probably got to be tied in in some way. But at the same time, if you just do challenges, you will level up. It does not take skill to get to those things necessarily. Right. Um, and I think that. But regardless, I'm like with Apex at a point too. Right. I just. I don't know. Like they're basically saying turn it off entirely. But I. I don't think that that's the move. Like maybe they're. You should have a non-competitive mode. 
I mean, I don't know. If you think back to Modern Warfare 2, I think it was probably like Call of Duty's peak, at least on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Do you... I don't think Modern Warfare 2 had skill-based matchmaking, right? Or do you do you think it did? I don't know. I didn't play that one enough and was primarily like campaign. Because it uh, did it you did there was a leveling system. You did like there was a max rank. Sure. I think it was like 80 or something like that and then you could do what they call prestige and like start back over at level 1 and go through all the ranks again. But and that was like an account level. But I don't remember if it was like basing your like your matchups on skill. I don't know. That'd be interesting. To find they said out. that it's been around for a while. Um, I'm sure there is information on it. Like at what point they've yeah. they introduced it. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, how like, do you I, fix this? A lot of the comments. I don't think you can. I think you have to keep it. And I also it goes back to like some of the the people's arguments right now are mm-hmm. like get good. Or you lack work ethic, like maybe you just need to put in more time. Like, oh my god, come on now! If we're talking, like you and I, like sure we play, we might play more video games, but like if there's an actual like casual gamer, they just want to go on, like have fun, like play a little bit, like, and you get thrown into a system with a bunch of like, let's just say streamers, the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. like fuck you, like that's not going to be fun for that person no. at all. No, I I think it ends up being much much worse without it than it is with it although i would agree that the current matchmaking system is not perfect because no. very often i'll jump into a match and i'll like i will not for like games in a row i'm like i i know that i'm not this bad at the game something's happening getting destroyed and then eventually yeah. like something i'll catch on dude it was like that when a couple of weeks ago and my buddy and i got the duos win we got obliterated for several like three or four games maybe uh, in a row, like didn't make it to like top 20 even for like mm-hmm. a bunch of games. And then we ended up getting our win. Um, And it definitely felt like an easier lobby. It was still a challenge, but it was an easier lobby. It felt like, yeah, it's, it's really weird. I like, I don't know. I feel like a, there, there's gotta be a solution to this, whether it's AI or something else, but like, I don't know. It's tough guess it depends on how complex it is already yeah which i i don't know that but yeah i thought it was an interesting point i still say you know you got to keep it like there's no way that you could make a game like this that would allow for it to not be yeah like, it just makes no sense yeah i definitely think you got to keep it now games like you know fall guys like i don't think you need skill-based matchmaking and fall guys yeah, because, how does that no that's like a lot of chance yeah too. it's so much chance like you can't really be like you can learn the controls in fall guys but it's not like you can be like an expert at fall guys you know what i mean like and but There's like gonna be like fall guy experts <laughs> out there They're like, Are you kidding me? actually um <laughs> but like yeah to the to the other people that are like no just get good like put in more work like fu- dude fuck off like i i play games to relax i'm not like i'm not trying to make this my job you know what i mean like or a full-time like i'm not trying to make this one game a full-time job like I'll do stuff to get better at the game, like uh, you know. But like playing the game should make me better at the game. But I'm not going to get better Josh. at the game if you like put me against somebody that's going to headshot me in two seconds. It's a thing. Oh my god! <laughs> I will professionally coach you and fall guys. Fuck off! Uh, no, absolutely not. What's he charging for this? 
15 bucks oh for the God. standard or the basics the standards 25 okay what so what do you get for 15 dollars? i don't know let's find out uh let's go back to basic here quick gameplay review how do we do this live coaching up to 30 minutes live so enough coaching. to get into a ps4 party chat yeah because that shit's broken standard uh tailored review to develop your skills so what's the first one then quick gameplay like what are, what are your differences here Man. You need to jump over those obstacles <laughs> in basic versus you could be better if you, uh, I don't know, ultimate full guy includes both previous packages. Okay. 60 minutes. Oh, God. oh, my God. Evan, I think, I think that I want to, I think that I want to buy this. Just do it and like see what happens. Yeah. Can you you got to play serious, so you may as well go into a D&D character of some type here and be like, yeah, like my friends have been shit-talking me or something about my Fall oh, Guys yeah. gameplay. Yeah, I, I need to come you up with a backstory go. that's like, I desperately need help with this game. Please help me. Uh, can you send me a link to that? Oh, you bet. I think I want to buy it. <laughs> I, I'm going to try and do it before next week's episode and and see if I can report back. Oh I'll my drop God, it in I here at the bottom. A thing. Um, excellent excellent that makes me happy um (laughs) all right real quick uh our level ups um i don't have much i didn't really level up this week i i will say my one level up from the games i was playing this week is that i'm proud that i haven't killed a single pedestrian with my car in cyberpunk yet and this is after spending probably a good 14 hours in the game total between ps4 and ps5 uh and the driving is not great Cars are not super easy to control. Uh, and if if I had, with in 14 hours of playing GTA 5, I had killed probably 60 to 100 pedestrians with my car without trying, just trying to drive around. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just making a left turn yeah. and you take out three. And I, I still haven't killed a single pedestrian with my car in Cyberpunk. And that's a pretty dense city. Like, people are walking around. So I'm proud of that. So that's... Would you compare it about the same as like playing GTA um, probability wise? Yeah, I think so. I think so. So yeah, haven't killed a single pedestrian yet. So that's what I'm proud of. Congrats. How man. about you? Uh, we should just take some of these clips outside <laughs> of context. I haven't killed, I've killed one. a single pedestrian today. <laughs> and I'm proud of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of you, John. Thank you. Congrats, Thank you. man. Yeah. We'll see what happens um, tomorrow, but today we're good. Another clip for out of context. I got 10 kills the other day Sweet. and 11 kills the other day. Sweet. In Call of Duty. All right. So, and that was been back-to-back <laughs> duo wins. Oh, dude, um, that's awesome. So, yeah, uh, you know, going back to that, I mean, we got pretty lucky in it. So we, we were, I think we both ended up with just shy of 20 kills, maybe 20 kills each game. Oh, so, that's crazy. But, I mean, Kyle and I, like, we've been warming up with Gunfight as of late like just doing one game of that well, that's and doing the trick then for jumping you. into warson it seems to be all right yeah i'm gonna have to try that out um yeah i'll have to try do it, it tonight yeah 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 let's do it um i don't know why i just said that like that i got really excited i was like yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> all right patch notes evan this is current events and news uh we're going to talk about the game awards we're going to talk about cyberpunk 70 2077 i don't know why i can't get that number right cyberpunk 2077 we're going to talk about wolf among us we're going to talk about uh let's see here we're going to talk about 
PS5's launch and how successful that is. Uh, but first, Evan, I have to mention this. Um, the same day as the Game Awards, almost at the same exact time, Disney also had their Investor Day 2020 event. And they announced so many things coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh, so many things happening in the Marvel and Star Wars worlds. And I'm not going to, I have a link in here that I'm going to try and remember to put in the show notes in case anybody's interested in everything that got announced, uh, because it's a lot and it's very exciting. It's almost overwhelming. But the one thing that I did want to call out from that Investor Day 2020 is that they announced they are making a Rogue Squadron movie. Uh, It has since been confirmed that it is not based on the video game. So that was a little disappointing. But it's still a Rogue Squadron movie, and here's what I need, Evan. Here's what I need. What do you need? from Cat? Is it still Catherine Kennedy that's in charge of the Star Wars movies, or did she move on to something else? Oh, I have no idea. Anyway. Let's go with that. Here's what I need from Disney and Star Wars for this movie. I need them to cast Sebastian Stan as Luke in this Rogue Squadron movie. It's a must. They have to do it. I don't care what other projects he's working on. Buy out his contract and cast Sebastian Stan as Luke in this movie. Who's Sebastian Stan? Sebastian Stan is, he's been in a lot of things, but most recently he was in. Oh yeah. He was in like he was in he Captain was in Black America. Panther, Captain America. He's winter soldier um, in the yeah. Marvel movies. And if you look at like, look at his face, there's even, uh, there's even photoshops of him like on Luke's body in like, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi and it's striking the resemblance like he literally could be Mark Hamill's son it's crazy yeah, like a less crazy version yeah although I'm That's a big I'm a big Mark Hamill fan but he is he is a bit crazy yeah, a little off the rails um, so yeah I, I really need them to cast him as Luke in this Rogue Squadron movie it's just gotta happen alright Catherine make it happen already come on Catherine we know she's listening too. Yeah, Kathy. Jeff, uh, if you have any connections to Kathy, give her a call. Who's uh, Jeff? Make it happen. Keely. Our boy yeah. Keely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Jeff. Make it happen too. <laughs> Speaking of Jeff Keely, let's talk about the Game Awards, Evan. I'm very excited. The Game Awards, it, it felt like a mini E3 in a year where we did not get E3. Uh, I was very, dude, when COVID was just like becoming or we were realizing that COVID was a thing way back at the beginning of the year. It seems like forever ago, but it also seems like yesterday in a weird way. Uh, I told Cecilia, I'm going to be very upset if this ruins E3. And this is before we knew like, like it was super serious and people were dying. Like, you know, I'm a nerd. So like my first thought was (laughs) like, I hope the conventions, don't get canceled. It wasn't like, I hope grandma and grandpa are okay. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I didn't know that, it, you know, we didn't know it was that serious back then, but I was like, man, I'm going to be really, I'm going to be really upset if it ruins like PAX East and like E3 and like, you know, um, game dev, uh, like, uh, GDC, um, and all that stuff. So, and it did, of course, like it, it ruined to an extent ruined all of those, but we just didn't get an E3 at all. And Jeff Keighley put together like the summer of games or whatever, uh, and it was kind of like this loose, like release information in this window during the summer and we'll call it good or whatever. Um, so he tried to like put something together because Jeff Keeley is an awesome guy. Uh, he's a Canadian go figure. Um, and 
But the the Game Awards uh, were really impressive this year for a year when they couldn't have a studio audience. It was not like a live show in that sense. It was streamed live, um, and there were live performances and things like that. But uh, it was so impressive um, as a streamed event. And it was a global event this time around because it was streamed. Um, and they also I, I have a feeling that the reason they had so many appearances from so many celebrities was because of it being streamed like oh definitely you know brie larson streamed in um streamed in uh i guess yeah that's what you would call it um gal gadot uh or gadot however you say her last name i've heard so many people pronounce it so so many different ways uh just this week tom holland um you know like all, all kinds of people so um it was really really good I have five pages of notes and I'm not going to, I'm not going to read every single thing uh, in my notebook. That's just like the nerd in me when stuff like this happens. I'm like, got to take notes. Um, and so I did. But first let's talk about the winners, Evan. Let's talk about the winners from game awards 2020. So I'm going to go through each category. There's a few of them. We'll speed through some. If, if there's one that you want to like stop and talk about, most of these don't matter to me. If there's some that you want to stop and talk about, stop me. We'll talk about it. Best esports team. The winner was G2 Esports. Um, so congrats to them. Esports is a thing, and I'm happy for them. Best esports host was Shocks. She goes by the name of Shocks. Uh, I cannot pronounce any of the rest of her name, so we're just going to stick with Shocks. Congratulations to her. Uh, best esports game, no surprise, was League of Legends. I didn't know that was still a thing. But people yeah. are still playing that game. It's biggest game still. still. Care about it. Uh, best esports event also went to League of Legends World Championship 2020. Um, best esports coach was Danny Zonic Sorensen. Uh, best esports athlete was Heo Showmaker Su, uh, who is a League of Legends player, turns out. Um, Evan, I thought this was interesting. Best debut game in this category, okay, there's a game called Carrion. There was a game called Mortal Shell, which I played uh, earlier this year. Really loved it. It's a Souls-like game. Um, I think it's really good. A game called Raji, an ancient epic. A game called Roki. And then Phasmophobia. And the winner of this category, Evan, was Phasmophobia. I thought that was awesome. And yeah. glad that we got to stream some of that, too. Yeah. Would agree. I mean, I never played the other games, but that's a solid game. Yeah. I, I definitely think Phasmophobia is a is a more unique um and better fleshed out game than Mortal Shell was. Mortal Shell was kind of a a spin-off of things we've seen already. Um so yeah, I agree with that award as well. Content creator of the year um went to Valkyrie, uh who is a streamer. Um Alana Pierce was also in this category and I'm a little surprised she did not win. Alana Pierce has a character, by the way, excuse me, in Cyberpunk. Um so oh, if you sure. choose the Nomad life path Alana Pierce is in Cyberpunk. Uh, best multiplayer game, Evan. This was exciting as well. Animal Crossing's New Horizon, Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, and Valorant were the nominees. Among Us won best multiplayer of the year. And come to find out, this game was made by four people. It's a team of four people. Good for them. Yeah. That's a, that's all. I mean, that's incredible, honestly. Yeah. It's a simple uh, game. So the, yeah, it's it's so simple, dude, but it's so much fun. Like we played, oh, yeah. we played a good long time. Like we and played that game. Like much get old either. It was like would. it was a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah. 
so the developer is called Inner Sloth. Um, so huge, huge congrats to them. I th- I think they said on the Game Awards that they started like a couple of years ago with it being a local multiplayer mobile only game, uh, and then they expanded to uh, online multiplayer. I think this year, um, which is why they qualified for best multiplayer this year. But uh, yeah, good on them. So good, lots of fun. Um, I was happy about this category too, Evan. Best sports racing game, Dirt 5, F1 2020, FIFA 21, NBA 2K21, and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 were in this category. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 won best sports slash racing game this year. Fantastic I'm, game. I was kind of surprised, but uh, I'm happy I was for surprised it. also. It was their comeback. Yeah. Um, did you play that, by the way, the, the remake? I haven't even... No. And, and when I saw it in the oh. award, I was like... I, I didn't even, I'm, this is sad. I didn't know it even came out already. I like remember oh. talking about the beta and you playing it and it was like very yeah. nostalgic and I was like, oh, it looks awesome. I'm going to have to get that game. Never got it's the so game. Good. Didn't know it came, came out, but. It's so good. And I think I could be wrong, but I think it was only like 40 bucks. So well worth the money. It's not even full price. It's, it's awesome. really good. Best Sim strategy went, uh, no surprise to Microsoft Flight Simulator. Um, let's see here. Best family game went to Animal Crossing's New Horizons. I don't think that was a surprise either. That was a huge release this year. Best fighting game went to Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. Um, let's see. Best role playing game went to Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I don't think I was surprised at that either. Um, I still have to play that. I have not played the remake yet. Um, and we were just talking about Final Fantasy 7 last week. Uh, best action adventure. Um, this was a a packed and stacked category and i thought any of these games could come out of this the winner assassin's creed valhalla ghost of tsushima uh marvel's spider-man miles morales orion the will of the wisps star wars jedi fallen order and the last of us part two the winner being last of us part two uh so huge congrats you need to say again the winner is last of us part two we're gonna have to try that one more time. Okay, we'll take it again. Ready? Yeah, all right, ready. The winner is Last of Us Part Two. Well done. Well done. Great job. Well done. That was our audience in the back. Yeah, yeah. We we just we had to cue them several times. They're just not the brightest, and so we had to cue them several yeah. times to actually cue cards weren't working and fucking or something. Dude, while we're here, speaking of canned applause, which that definitely was not. Uh, the Game Awards had canned applause. Did you notice? No. Okay. <laughs> so they made it clear at the beginning of the Game Awards that this was being filmed like at a studio without an audience. They had people streaming in from different places. And there were still like applause and clapping and yelling after like certain awards were given. And I didn't notice it in the moment. But then afterwards, I was like, wait a minute. Cause I watched it twice. I caught like the end of it and then I had to go back and like watch the stuff that I didn't catch. And I was like, wait a second. They said they're, they don't have a live audience. So I don't know where this applause is coming from. But then I was like, wait a minute, if they didn't have the applause, how like unsettling would that be? Like, well, right. Think about it. If, if oh, like, like an award show, if, if like Jeff Keeley was like, and the winner for game of the year is, uh, you know, and gave the award and then just, there was silence and then they just like cut to the team that won. Like it would seem kind of unsettling. We listen to laugh tracks in like any sitcom. Uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's true. 
it's kind of like with if you don't hear that it sounds weirder mm-hmm. like people just telling jokes that bomb every time but you know like i because I, I i was thinking about this too a few weeks ago because i like i'm watching friends right now um and Big friends has a laugh track. track um i'm i love how i met your mother that's got a laugh track mm-hmm. um let's see Big Bang Theory has a laugh track. Um, and Not only a laugh track, right, but they, they all have like that, oh, like when yeah, somebody yeah, like yeah. says something a little off kilter. So, but the, my favorite like sitcom, I guess you call it a sitcom of all time, is Scrubs. Scrubs does not have a laugh track. But it does have like, it's got a lot of like musical cues and like, uh, it's kind of goofy in other ways. Like it's almost cartoonish right. with like some of the sound effects, but it does not have a Very laugh track. exaggerated. Curb your enthusiasm um, doesn't either. Yeah, that's true. It's always sunny. Doesn't have a laugh track. It's no. it's not really that kind of a show, but like, it's just interesting the choice to like do it or not do it, and then the ways you have to compensate for it. I feel like, like either way. Well, Scrubs is goofy, so it doesn't really apply here. I feel like the dirtier the show, the less likely they are to use a laugh track. That's because true. if it's like a super dark joke, like and it's always sunny, like yeah, where Frank has AIDS and like cancer <laughs> and is bleeding in the pool. If you heard a laugh track right. behind that, that'd be a little weird. Like. Yeah. That's like true. kids screaming in the background yeah. and stuff. Like uh, it's just strange. I, I thought it was a strange yeah. choice, but then I was like, I, I think the choice to not have applause in the background of the game awards might have been even stranger. I don't know. Yeah, twenty twenty is just a weird year. Um, moving on, best action game was Hades. I haven't played this game. Um, I think it's on Switch uh, and PC, maybe a couple other platforms. But it's um, it's a roguelike. It got a lot of praise this year. Um, so I'm going to have to check it out at some point. Uh, the award for innovation in accessibility also went to the last of us part two. Um, they had a lot of options. Oh um, yeah. It's really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was a big deal when, when the game first came out to you, but, um, good on them for, for doing that best VR slash AR went to half-life Alex. I think it's just because we've been waiting for a new half-life game for so long. It was they knew they were going to win that category if they put something out. Um, best community support went to Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. Uh, and I fully agree with that. They've been super transparent with, um, you know, uh, any any like bug fixes, um, upcoming content, things like that. Uh, they were super interactive with their community. So hats off to them. Best mobile game also went to Among Us. Um and that was their uh, that was their two wins for the night. So congrats again to Inner Sloth. Um, best indie game also went to Hades. Best ongoing game. I was excited about this. The nominees in this category were Apex Legends, Destiny 2, Call of Duty Warzone, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky. This award went to No Man's Sky, and I it is no better. Like no award was better deserved, I think, than this award. Um, no Man's Sky is one of my favorite games of all time. This game is amazing. I've been with it since day one. Uh, Sean Murray, head of Hello Games, is a fantastic person, in my opinion. Um, they have done a lot to support No Man's Sky since it started uh, back in 2015, I believe, or 2016. Uh, no, it must have been 2016. Um, and so it's it's just such a good game um and i love it so much so congrats to hello games uh games for impact uh so this is for a thought-provoking game with pro-social meaning or message um the game called uh it was a game called tell me why by don't nod um very much in the style of life is strange um and some of their other games that they have released best performance this was awesome to see as well 
Laura Bailey from The Last of Us Part Two as Abby. Um, she was going up against Ashley Johnson as Ellie, uh, also in The Last of Us. Um, and then characters from Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, uh, and Miles Morales. Um, but also a well-deserved win there. Uh, best audio design also went to Last of Us Part Two, starting to see a theme. Best score and music went to Final Fantasy VII Remake. Best art direction went to Ghost of Tsushima. If you've seen that game, it is beautiful. Best narrative went to Last of Us Part Two. Best game direction also went to Last of Us Part Two. Shout out Neil Druckmann. Uh, and game of the year, Evan. The nominees for game of the year this year were Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and The Last of Us Part Two. Guess who won game of the year, Evan? Gosh, there was a recurring theme of one name on that, Last of Us 2. Could it, it be? It was The Last of Us Part 2. Uh, I think <sighs> total <laughs> I think total they came away with 6 awards uh from the night. Um and again, I I think really well deserved. Uh we've already I mean, we've already gushed about that game quite a bit. And we're going to Wait, do were you a fan of that game? It was fine, you know. Like, I, I enjoyed okay, my time right, with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So huge congrats to Naughty Dog. Uh, huge congrats to Neil Druckmann. Um, and his acceptance speech was so I he's just I love him so much as a person. Um, I'm excited for the opportunity. You know, we talked about him getting promoted last week mm-hmm. to co-president of Naughty Dog. Uh, I'm excited for his opportunities moving forward. I'm a little sad that that probably means he's going to be slightly less involved with games moving forward. Um, although he said he's still going to be a part of the creative process in the immediate future, but um, yeah, well-deserved. So those are our 2020 winners from the game awards. And I've got a few, hi- I'm going to just give you a few highlights from the notes I took um, some game announcements and other stuff that I thought were cool. Um, there is a mist. So did you, do you know what mist is or have you ever played mist? M Y S T. It's an old, old, old nineties, uh, like first person puzzle adventure game, I guess you would call it. Um, also one of my favorite games of all time. I, I spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours with this game when I was a kid. Um, it got several sequels. I played all of those as well. It's amazing. Uh, but they're making a VR version for Oculus, which I think is so, so cool. Um, I think the developer is called Cyan, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's really awesome. I, I love that they're doing that. Um, Let's see. Um, Perfect Dark is coming back. Are you familiar with the Perfect Dark ser- series? I never played it, but I, I heard a lot of hype around that game. Oh, man. Oh, man. Back on the 64, uh, N64, uh, Perfect Dark was awesome. Um, so this is coming back. Uh, they did not give a release date or even a window for this, but it's coming to Xbox, um, being developed by The Initiative, which is a new Xbox studio, I believe. Um, but it's, it's a ecological, uh, action, uh, mystery. I like it's, it's definitely based around like ecological disasters and how, like, uh, in the trailer, they talk about how corporations are providing solutions to it, but like not unselfishly. Um, and it looks really good. It looks really good. And then we got an announcement for, uh, a game called back for blood, which is made by the same studio, Turtle Rock that made the Left mm-hmm. for Dead series. Um and it seems like maybe they don't own the rights to Left for Dead anymore. Valve might own those. 
Um, but they wanted to like make something else. They've been silent for a long time. And so they're making back for blood. It looks fun and crazy. It's just running around shooting zombies and it looks awesome. Um, there's a cyberpunk car coming to Forza horizon four, or it may already be in it by now. Um, let's see. Callisto protocol was a game that was announced for 2022. Um, it's from striking distance studios. It's from Glenn Schofield, the guy that made, um, uh, dead space. Um, and as the trailer was playing, I was like, wow, there's serious dead vibes dead space vibes going on here and then glenn schofield uh you know kind of called in like video called in um and i was like oh yeah he's the dead space guy um so i'm excited about that it's set on the the moon of jupiter in 2320 um it looks really good uh so i was excited to see that um Let's see. Fulbright Studios is making a game called Open Roads. It's a mother-daughter road trip game about uncovering grandma's past. Um, It looks very Fulbright. Uh, Gone Home and Tacoma are uh, other games that they made. Um, It looks very much in the the vein of those. That's exciting. Um, We got a Dragon Age 4 4 teaser, um, as we talked about last week. If you can call it a teaser, like Bioware can fuck off with what they showed about (laughs) Dragon Age 4 uh, at the Game Awards. Like There was no reason to show that. It was nothing. It was literally nothing. It was like, here's some fantasy type characters and here's some other stuff. And we're going to give you the most generic, like, uh, narration we can like in a, in a world, it was like one of those, like in a world where like you, can, you know, it was that stuff. Like very old school trailer. Show us something when you have something to show, like you didn't have to do this. You could just be like dragon age four is coming. We'll have more to show you soon. Um, the Swedish chef thought he won an award, Evan. Are you familiar with the Swedish chef? No. Okay. The Swedish chef from Sesame Street. Uh, he's a oh. puppet. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, yes. You know who I'm talking about now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he uh, he was on the show and he thought that he won an award and I felt very bad for him um, because he was in the middle of giving his acceptance speech and Jeff Keighley interrupted him to tell him he did not in fact win an award. He is just being included in Overcooked, uh, uh, another fantastic game. So if you have Overcooked, you can play as the Swedish chef. Um, let's see. We got gameplay from Rebirth Island, which is in fact Alcatraz from Black Ops 4, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about that as well. Uh, the Philharmonic Orchestra performed Mario music for its 35th anniversary and for Mario's 35th anniversary. Uh, and that was fantastic. It was Mario themes from a bunch of different games over the years. Horizon, or I'm sorry, I you'll understand why I said this in a second. Uh, Arc Survival Evolved two is coming arc survival evolved was a huge like uh open world i guess you would call it an mmo even though it's it's not your traditional mmo um i love it a lot uh evan Steele, who uh he contributed to our our extra life speaking of which i'm wearing my extra life t-shirt um that i just got in the mail today from our extra life event uh it was like Evan Steele and like his brothers. Like I used to play with them quite a bit on that game. Arc survival evolved. It was a lot of fun. It's very detailed. Um, they're apparently making a second one and Vin Diesel's in it for some reason. Yeah. So, I saw that took a break from the kind of cool. What is it? Fast and furious 35 now. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Or 40 somewhere in that yeah, range. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and triple X eight or whichever one he's, he's on now. Um, so yeah, but it, the the cool thing here too is that it's also Ark is also getting an animated series, and I was really surprised with the names attached to this. Jeffrey Wright, uh, most recently I think from I think most recently from um, Westworld, um, Gerard Butler, 
Michelle Damn. Yeoh, Elliot Page, uh, Car- uh, yeah, Carl Urban, Russell Crowe, Vin Diesel. Like, they're all going to be in this animated series as well. Um, so, Ark making some moves. Um, let's see. Let's see what we got here. Uh, the Uncharted movie has been confirmed to cover Nathan Drake's origin story. That's starring Tom Holland uh, and Mark Wahlberg again. Um, I I wrote down here, Tom Holland and Nolan North are charming sons of bitches. <laughs> so that's, that's my thoughts on them. Um, Evil Dead, the game is coming in 2021. They got Bruce Campbell to reprise his role as Ash. That's very exciting. Ralph Macchio presented best fighting game. That was fun. Um, Eddie Vedder's performance, Evan. Let's talk about this. You watched that, at least, I'm assuming, right? Negative. You did Oh, nope. my God. Okay. I don't want to spoil too much for you, dude. But so they they had Eddie Vedder. And I don't know why we didn't talk about this last week when we were talking about Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder. I, for some reason, didn't even put it together that his song, Future Days, is in The Last of Us Part 2. That's the song that Joel plays for Ellie at the beginning of the game. And <clears throat> so... Uh, Nolan, um, not Nolan North. Sorry. Um, um, why am I forgetting his name now? Uh, what's his name? Um, the guy that plays Joel. We were just talking about him last week too. Oh shit. Uh, fuck. It's gonna, it's gonna bother me. I, I don't think I wrote his name down either because why would I forget his name? Um, Troy Baker. Troy Baker, yes. Thank you so much. Troy Baker um, introduced Eddie Vedder on the show. And Troy Baker told this story about how when they were making The Last of Us Part 2, Neil Druckmann was talking to Troy and Ashley, uh, who played Joel and Ellie. And he asked them, if you were not actors, if you weren't performers, like if you weren't doing this, what do you think you would have been? And Troy Baker said, I think it would have been a singer. And Ashley said, I think I would have been an astronaut. And both of those elements, like I'm about to tear up talking about this, but both of those elements end up in The Last of Us Part Two, um, in really like subtle but extremely meaningful ways. And if you played the game, you know how those show up. Um, we just talked about, you know, Joel plays the guitar and sings Future Days for Ashley in the beginning of the game. And that song specifically, Troy said that uh, Neil... Um, used to play that song for his, or maybe still does play that song for his daughters before they would go to sleep at night, uh, on his guitar. And so he eventually, uh, he evidently came to Troy one day and said, would you be comfortable playing that song? Um, you know, for like, for the game, like performing that song for the game. And Troy did. Um, so like not only is Troy Baker, an exceptional performer. He's just such a good looking dude, but he's also an accomplished singer slash guitar player that can just pull out a performance of future days. Like live, like he, that was mocapped live. Like that's him playing the guitar. That's him singing it. Um, and I was assuming like that is him singing it for sure. I already knew that, but like, I didn't know he actually played it on guitar too. Uh, and that's not an easy song to play really like especially the way he plays it um because i've tried uh so just all that's so cool and i thought that was really touching that like neil is is he's putting these like really meaningful personal touches into these games and it's it's really cool to hear that back 
uh, like behind the scenes stuff, that background stuff. Um, and then Eddie played his song Future Days, and that was amazing. Like I, I was literally like, I was very emotional and like tearing up during this <laughs> section of the show. It was very well done. Who did it um, better? Eddie I, better? I mean, Troy Baker. There, dude. It's tough. Like Troy's performance was really, really good, and Eddie's is obviously like it's the original, and Eddie played it pretty much exactly the way it is on the album. Um, and they're just completely different performances. Joel's, um, you know, in the game, Joel's is really like, uh, it's really contemplative and sort of like reserved. It's very like, um, it's just kind of like unassuming. And mm-hmm. Eddie is just Eddie. Like Eddie fucking played it and killed it. Um, and it's really good. And it's still touching coming from Eddie. They're just like really, really different performances. It's hard to say which is better. Uh, I think I have to go to Eddie. Just, I mean, it's Eddie. Come on. Um, and there was another road trip game that was shown, uh, it called, I I think road 96, there's no release date for it, but it looks really good. It's procedurally generated. Um, you're essentially, it's like, uh, they talk about crossing the border a lot. And so like you can end up in all kinds of crazy situations. Um, it looks really exciting and cool. Um, let's see. There was just so much stuff. Um, Mass uh, Mass Effect is apparently going to continue. We knew this too. I I don't know why we needed what they showed there because again that was like one of those generic things. Bioware, fucking Bioware. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, I think that's it, man. Oh, oh, the last one that I wanted to to highlight is two actually. There's a game called Evil West that's coming in 2021 from a, a company called uh, Dev called Flying Wild Hog which I've never heard of before, but this game looks insane. It's like Van Helsing meets steampunk meets the old West and Cowboys. That sounds And it looks really good. It looks really, really good. I'm very excited for it. Um, And then lastly, the, the last cool thing, this is, Oh, Keen, Keen Wawu Reeves presented the award (laughs) for best game direction. Um, And he was wearing a super badass cyberpunk shirt. (laughs) Uh, dude, that, <laughs> that was exactly come watch my show that was exactly what he's he sounded like and then at one point he like got real close to the camera he's like thanks for everybody at cg product thanks to everybody at cg product cd project red or whatever um i can't do a good uh can of reeves but um, it's okay josh <laughs> you do a good one <laughs> um but this so this is the last cool thing that i wanted to highlight here uh there's a man named dr adam Gazali. Uh, he is a neuroscientist and neurologist, and he developed a game to help ADHD uh, k- kids with ADHD um, uh, perf- uh, better perform cognitively and like help their memory, um, coordination, concentration, and all that stuff. Um, and this game recently got cleared by the FDA for prescription. Whoa! This is the first time a game has ever been cleared by the FDA for prescription as a medicine. Holy shit! Um, and this guy, just just because he saw the need, like he was trying to treat this, and he saw the need for it, and developed this game for kids um, that can help with ADHD. So three weeks in a row, Evan, we've talked about the benefit, the health benefits of playing video games. We're Spoiler alert, that's got to be my takeaway yet again. Video <laughs> games are good for you. Take that, mom. Um, I'm never going to get tired of saying that either. Uh, so that was, that was just some of the highlights. There were a lot of announcements at the game awards this year. Um, that's just some of the highlights. That was probably a page and a half of the five pages of notes that I took, um, for the game awards. But, uh, anything like 
Anything that you're the most excited about from the Game Awards? You didn't mention it. Crimson Desert. Oh my God! Yes, I meant to put. I, it's on my list. I just didn't. I skipped just, over uh, it somehow. Page five. Um, why? Um, tell me why you're excited for Crimson Desert. One, like that's one of those trailers where they were full flex, like flexing their graphics, like mm-hmm. the world that it is, and it is an open world action RPG multiplayer. Like I saw the graphics and I was like, oh, this is immediately. It's a beautiful game already. Mm-hmm. And then they get into like some of the gameplay, and I'm like, oh. Like, this looks really, really good. Um, I mean, I've said it probably three episodes in a row. Well, this is our third one, so two episodes in a row. I love open worlds. I do like action RPGs. I love multiplayers. But this one, Josh, wait for it, reminded me a lot of the Lord of the Rings game, Two Towers. Uh Uh-oh. He's carrying his bow around. I'm like, that's me. That's Legolas. Like, here we go. Let's get it. Yep, yeah. and it looks like they do have some of the other just elements of whatever mm-hmm. mythical world it happens to be. Um, it's definitely got dragons. I, it's definitely got monsters. Yeah, I got yeah. a similar feel to like God of War and Assassin's Creed in certain elements yeah, of it. Of. Like some of the combat seemed very much like that. Even you could say Bart, or Bartman, Batman uh, games that I have seen have a very similar like fight style, like mm-hmm. unique, but like a lot of them just I don't know carryover themes, if you will. Yeah, I can um, see that. Um, it looks it looks beautiful though. I mean that in itself, yeah. visually appealing game. You know what's really interesting about this too? It's a South Korean uh, game studio um, who I'd never heard of before. But like South Korea is not a huge game development country, um, mm-hmm. so it's cool to see it's cool to see some cool stuff coming out of there. Um, and I think I think this is technically an MMO. Uh, although it's not your traditional MMO, it does not look MMO at all. It's like, it's hyper-realistic graphics. And this was gameplay footage, dude. Did you catch that? Like, yeah. it wasn't mm-hmm. just cutscenes. Like they showed actual gameplay footage and it like, it got a little framey in places. Like it, it chunked a little bit, a little bit yeah. but like it looked really good. It looked it, really good. It was like, framing in the aspect that, and shit. Right. Like it would be like the same, like you trying to watch somebody's, playing a video via zoom like yeah. it was yeah. very like minor if that and it's a, it's not even out yet so like mm-hmm. if they're already that far that's pretty impressive yeah i i was actually very excited for that too i don't know how i i skipped over that but yeah man i i think uh for me i'm, I'm really excited about that i'm excited about evil west i'm excited about the evil dead game just because like you can never get too much bruce campbell so lots of cool <laughs> stuff coming you know the the I the theme I picked up from a lot of these studios this year too is like a lot of studios are like we know what we're good at and we're just going to go back to it like we're just going to do the thing we know we can do well uh, and it's kind of refreshing like seeing um, uh, uh, Schofield um, can't remember his first name I just read it but I can't remember his first name now Uh, but seeing Schofield go back to like Dead Space type things and like um, Bioware is like you know, eventually coming back to mass effect. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, the left for dead studio, like turtle rock coming back to its roots and doing another game like that. Like there's a lot of that going on. I think it's cool. They, um, they know 2020 has been a tough year and they're like, yeah. all right, they're like, we need to we come out with a win. Food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but it's cool. Like, you know, there, there's, because we haven't seen a lot of stuff like those things for a while, like there's definitely a void to be filled. And so, yeah, some of those companies are, mm-hmm. or devs are going back to the well, but I think it's great. Um, 
So that's Game Awards. If if you want to know everything that happened, you can still stream the the whole thing on the Game Awards uh, website. Um, so go check it out. Uh, next, we finally got an update on Wolf Among Us Two. Evan, I don't know if did you ever play Wolf Among Us? It yeah. wasn't super super popular back in the day. I loved it. It's actually based on a comic uh, by a guy named Bill Willingham, um, published by Vertigo, which I think is owned by DC. Um, but Telltale, like, so Telltale Games, um, famous for making, you know, Walking Dead 1 and 2 in, like, 2012, and uh, Walking Dead 2, I think, maybe was in 2016 or something like that. Um, in seasons, like, their episodic games, they made Wolf Among Us in 2013, Tales from the Borderlands in 2014, two Batman games, the first one being in 2017, that are excellent. Um, if you like this kind of storytelling, it's sort of the, like the cel-shaded uh, animation. Um, really, really good games and, and good stories. Um, they're they're very good at making this kind of thing. And <clears throat> they've been kind of radio silent for a while too. From, from what I understand, a lot of the IPs that they were making, those IPs have sort of reverted to the companies that own them. And uh, those companies did not renew licenses. And so they're not hmm. making a lot of those games anymore. But, um, and so they made the Wolf Among Us back, uh, in 2013, like I said, and it was for the people that played it, it was really, really good. Um, the people that played it liked it. And so they said that they were going to be making a, a sequel, uh, and then just kind of like went silent. And so we kind of gave up hope that it was happening. Um, and then last year they announced that they are indeed going to make a sequel to it. Um, and then during the game awards, they, they once again, just made sure, uh, not like at the game awards, but like during that news cycle, they made sure people knew that uh, they are still working on the game. They're getting closer, and they're making all of the episodes at once instead of developing an episode, putting it out, finishing another one, putting it out. Uh, so it's a little more sustainable as well. Um, but I'm very excited to play this. The first one was really, really good. Uh, it's pretty cheap on PC. Um, if you guys are curious to pick it up and, and see what it's all about, so um, I thought that was exciting. Uh, up next, PS5 sets a new hardware launch record in the U.S. Um, Are we surprised? No, like, I don't think we're surprised. Although, like, I'm, I'm, I am surprised that it's still able to beat out. If it set a new ha- launch hardware, oh my god! If it set a new hardware launch record in the U.S., that means it again beat out the Xbox, and I'm like. I'm not a fan necessarily of the the console wars. We talked about that, I think, in mm-hmm. episode one, maybe. But I, I do think it's interesting because uh, the Xbox was poised, I think, to, to take a lot of that market share back. And I think they have. But um, estimates peg the next-gen console's total tally between 1.1 million and 1.3 million units. That's crazy. Um, which is crazy and supplies are constrained. So if there were more available, that number would absolutely oh, be higher. 1000%. Yeah. Uh, but this also makes me wonder how many of those 1.1 to 1.3 million units are in the hands of fucking scalpers. You got to bring it back up. I don't, fucking we don't need to go down that path. Yeah. I'm going to get, like I'm going to get mad. So we should just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, congratulations to Sony for setting a record in the U S with uh 1.1 to 1.3 million units sold up next cyberpunk 2077 let's talk about the good the bad and the ugly evan you ready 
I'm ready. The news cycle started off pretty good for Cyberpunk 2077. The, I think most of the, we're going to talk about this too, but most of the review copies they sent out, if not all, uh, were for PC. And so reviewers were playing on PC. Uh, and so that performance wasn't bad enough for it to get a lot of bad press. Um, you know, and, and so reviewers were saying good things about the story, uh, you know, characters, immersion, all that stuff. Um, players, you know, we're talking about setting their console region, uh, to a different region so they could download and start playing it early, uh, because time zones, um, and then things got a lot more interesting from there. <laughs> so first and foremost, cyberpunk 2077 broke the record for most concurrent players on a single player title on steam. So according to steam over 1.05 million people were playing the game at the same time earlier today as of the writing of this article the next best record for a pure single player title belongs to fallout 4 which had a peak of 472,962 concurrent players that's crazy five years ago so they blasted they more than doubled like far more than doubled that record um this this uh article is coming from pc gamer or sorry pcmag.com um and so that that's crazy like that's all those pre-orders um, and speaking of pre-orders, Evan, um, well, let's talk about this first. Okay. So the Metacritic ratings for Cyberpunk 2077 as of, when did I put this together? Saturday? Uh, it's Monday now, so it's it's been another two days. I can't imagine they've changed much. Um, on PC, the Cyberpunk Metacritic, Metacritic rating is 90 from critics, 90 out of 100, and 6.6 from users that's on pc 6.6 out of 10 oh, okay okay sorry like, still sorry. on a 100 no, scale not, here? Not 100. <laughs> i don't know why they do that either that's so dumb yeah. for, for one to be a 100 point scale and one to be a 10 but like so 90 out of 100 for p uh for critics 6.6 uh out of 10 for users on ps4 we do not have critic scores yet um because there just aren't enough to aggregate a score but on PS4, that may be different now, you know, two days later, but I, I don't think so. But on PS4, it got a 2.6 from users. And on Xbox, it got a 3.2 from users. Um, as I mentioned, reviewers uh, pretty much only got PC codes. Still had some glitches, but they weren't as bad as some of the console stuff. Um, so that's a thing. Uh, and we're going to talk about that the fact that reviewers only got pc codes uh in a second but evan cd project red on day one on the 10th made back all of its development cost and marketing cost and then some from the release of cyberpunk 2077 that's insane yeah. But it goes back to that Steam record, too. Yeah. There was a lot of... I there was mean, a ton of hype for this game. You know, a ton of hype. But on the first day... The first which, day... <clears throat> which, hold on, how broken is too broken, Josh? And that's what it, exactly. if I'm a shareholder, do I give two shits? I'm laughing my way no. to the bank right now. No, if you're a shareholder, you don't care at all that people can't play this game. Although, we're going to talk about that, too, being a shareholder... 
uh, in CD Projekt Red. And I learned something as well, Evan. Uh, so this this podcast continues to be fun and educational each week. Um, so we're going to cover that too. But yeah, and so healthy this, and healthy. So this this uh, story comes from Game Informer, um, and the news came from a CD Projekt Red's uh, CD Projekt Red's site in the form of a quote unquote current report. They did it quietly, and I would assume they did it quietly because of some of the problems that players are having. But the quote is: "The management board of CD Projekt Red uh, SA, with a registered office in Warsaw." blah, 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 a lot of legalese hereby announces that the estimate licensing royalties received by the company in association with pre-order sales of cyberpunk 2077 across all of its digital distribution channels have exceeded the sum of the following total development expenditures related to the game and the game's marketing and promotional costs borne by the company either already incurred or anticipated for the remainder of 2020. So not only did they make their development costs back and marketing costs back, but they also made like their contracted marketing costs back through the end of the year on day one from pre-orders. Man. It's insane. I, yeah. And again, I mean, who cares? Let's release the game. Like, and I, yeah. And under normal circumstances, I think they would have bragged about that a lot more, but oh, I think yeah. it was this quiet because people were having issues. It's basically like talking to the people that matter and saying, what we're you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. What you going to do? Yeah. We, we, we just made all of our money back. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. It's not that bad. Speaking of pre-orders, this story comes from Push Square. Cyberpunk 2077 had 8 million plus pre-orders. It sold 8 zeros. million plus pre-orders. Um, so that's just a quick... I just wanted to quickly mention that because... That's super, super high. And actually, if I go back to the story, I think they have, I think I read on Push Square's story, something about another, another, they compared it to something else, I think. Um, yes. Okay. So they compared it to, I think it was GTA five. Yep. So 8 million pre-orders essentially amounts to about $500 million in revenue. Uh, so that's why they made all that money back. Um, wow. But for reference, Grand Theft Auto V did $800 million on its first day, including pre-orders and day one sales. Um, and so compared to arguably the biggest... the I think it is actually the best-selling game ever, if I'm not mistaken, Grand Theft Auto V. Um, that may be incorrect, but at least mo- like modern gaming, I think it's the best-selling game. Any- anyway... So it did $800 million on its first day, and this game from a much smaller studio in Poland did $500 million on its first day from 800 or 8 million pre-orders. So it, and that's it, only going to keep going up, too. Yeah, as soon oh, yeah. as they, they fix some of these bugs, people are, let's go. Let's yeah. get back in. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so this is just so crazy. Um, and then again from Push Square, they, they just ran a poll. Um, and I, th- I thought the the results from this were interesting, so I wanted to mention it. They said, what do you think of Cyberpunk 2077's poor performance on PS4 at launch? Um, Push Square is a, if you didn't gather from the title, it's a PlayStation-centric website. But these problems are happening on base PS4s and Xbox Ones. So this, I think, translates to both. 
So 53% said the poor performance is completely unacceptable. 17% is just not said it's just not good enough. 19% said it's bad, but I'm sure it'll be patched. Uh, 5% said, I don't think it that's bad. It's that bad. 5% said, I don't care. And then they also even answer the poll then, by the way. And why is that even an option? I know. Who jumps in to say, I don't care. Like, (laughs) excuse me, excuse me. I have something to say. I don't care about any of this. (laughs) Thank you. Like why even deliver your opinion or offer it? Uh, And then they also asked, have you had any issues playing cyberpunk 2077 on PS4? 8% said, (laughs) I don't care about this either. Uh, 8% said yes. Performance issues on PS5. Uh, 12% said yes, performance issues on PS4 Pro. Um, unsurprisingly, 41% said yes, issues on PS4. Um, and then 6% said, no, I don't have any problems. And then uh, 32% said, no, I haven't played this game. <laughs> Why? Oh, I hate those people. I hate them so much. But Why? It's, it's also on Push Square for putting those as options. Why <laughs> are you even going to this poll if that's what you're going to... Your, um, your contribution is invaluable yet uh, anyway so that, that's that was 50 hold on that was 53 percent um i think 40 no no no. sorry 53 percent said it's unacceptable 30 i think it was 35 percent. i just read it 35 percent said they haven't played it or 32 percent something like that uh so it's still a large chunk that's a big chunk <laughs> so stupid um <laughs> uh we talked about stock uh holders uh shareholders and turns out, Evan, not all press is good press because CD Projekt Red's stock fell 29% since release of Cyberpunk 2077. Now, this is after CD Projekt Red announced that they had made all of their money back and then some from the release of this game. And even that was not enough to bolster share prices. And stock fell 29%. Um, and here's, here's the thing I learned. Where is it at? Um, let's see this, this story comes from, uh, gamesindustry.biz, by the way, uh, which doesn't sound like a real thing, but it's a real thing. It's not like if I was going to make up a website about video games, that's the name I would use, but it's actually a real, it's actually a real name. Um, let's see. Uh, man, I learned the name apparently i didn't learn it well enough because i learned the name of poland's currency um and i was going to impress you with it let's see poland currency um okay the polish currency is called zloty i wouldn't have guessed that dollar equivalent is called a zloty so all those shareholders that invested their hard-earned Zelotis in CD Projekt Red are not super happy right now. So on the other side of the coin, Evan, like, yes, those shareholders were like, yeah, ha, 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 we made our money. We're good to go. Um, now it seems there may be some pressure there. There's absolutely pressure on CD Projekt Red, CD Projekt Red to fix this game because their stock has fallen 29%. So they're going to have to do something to stop the bleeding. So there's it was on it was on the up and up just shy of a release date too. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It was way up before release date. So honestly, seems like a good investment now though, because they they already made their money back. So oh yeah, they fixed that game. They're gonna be fine. Now's the the time to 
Get I, your investment advice here at the Casual Sweats Pod too. And, this, uh, this podcast is fun. It's educational. It's healthy, and it's also good for your bank account if you know it's good for you. I mean, yep. come on. Stock tips, stock tips, health advice, nutrition advice. Like, where are you going to get all that and video games in the same place? Nowhere. Spoiler alert. Yeah, nowhere. But here. Casual sweats only. That's right. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Let's see. What's up next? There's a lot. There's a lot here. Uh, oh, up next, um, I just thought this was interesting. Players are turning off visual effects to make Cyberpunk 2077 look better. I mentioned Blade Runner earlier, uh, and it looks very Blade Runner, including these effects where like if you're looking at a light it's got like the lens flare like the lo-fi lens flare and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um they're definitely going for a feel here but it does make the graphical fidelity lower like some of that stuff suffers so if that's what you're looking for um there are ways to fix it players have have been turning off um the film grain uh effect they've disabled motion blur They've turned off something called chromatic aberration, which is the the setting that causes those lens flare things. Um, so if, if you want to look this up, I'm, I was getting this story from Eurogamer.net, um, and they kind of go through a list of things that people are doing to make the game look better, especially if you're on a base PS4 or Xbox One. Some of this could help with uh, some of the graphics issues that you may be seeing, and I think it's probably going to help improve some of the frame rate as well. Um, so check that out if you so please. Let's see. Um, Evan, we talked about crunch last week. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how uh, maybe in some circumstances it's acceptable. But I, I think we came down. Uh, we definitively said, Evan, that crunch is probably not okay. Crunch kills. and uh, Or it could kill. And um, CD Projekt Red crunched to make this game. Uh, but I, I, you know, in that conversation, we did talk about like bonus structures and compensation and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so CD project red has come out and said that they are restructuring their bonus policy to make sure that employees are still getting bonused as if the game performed well, uh, in like critical review because part of their bonus structure was tied to critical review after release. So not just, how many copies it sold, but also how well it performed in the critical review cycle. And uh, because they released a broken video game and knew they'd released a broken video game, we're going to talk about that in a minute, spoiler alert, um, they came out and said that this this story is coming from Bloomberg. Uh, they came out and said, um, we initially had a bonus system that was focused on the game's ratings and the release date, but after consideration, we believe that the measure that measure is simply not fair under the circumstances. Uh, this is coming from Adam Badowski, studio head and creative director for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, he goes on to say, we underestimated the lengths and complexity and complexity involved to make this a reality. And still you did everything you could to deliver an ambitious special game. So they are still bonusing as if it performed well, um, critically, which I guess good on them. I, I mean, well, yeah, you should better. probably forced them. I mean, that also tells me though, that they absolutely, I mean, they rushed it. They know they rushed it. Yeah. And I'm sure developers were probably like, uh, hey, like, this isn't ready. This will affect the game's reviews. Yeah. Like, you're forcing us to push this out. We don't think it's there. Yeah. Uh, we'll address it if it happens. Yeah. Well, it happened. And then it happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I, you know, I don't need to go into a lot of detail about this next point, but they, they've released several patches for, for the game since launch. There was a day one patch, uh, but then they released another patch, dude. Listen to some of the stuff that's fixed. This is also coming from push square, push square.com. Uh, but listen to some of the fixes in this patch. It's ridiculous. Fixed an issue with completing the final objective in gig freedom of the press. You couldn't complete the final objective in a side mission before this patch came out. Your game's uh, broken. Fixed issues related to remaining in the second phase of the quest after finishing Pacifica fight with Azab if played after finals. That's There's like boxing matches you can do. Um, fixed an issue with Nomads no longer present if V leaves the quest area mid-combat with uh, a quest called With a Little Help from My Friends slash Queen of the Highway. Like, there's a ton of these. There's like a whole bulleted list. There's a ton of these that are just like, Fix this thing that made this quest unfinishable. Fix this thing that made this thing not work completely. Like, it's insane. It's insane. And that's like, that's after the day one patch already went out. This is like a oh follow-up boy. patch. And I think there's been one more since then. Um, and then there was like visual fixes, performance and stability, all that stuff in that patch. Um, crazy stuff. Um, I thought it'd be funny to highlight some of the, the funniest glitches. Why did I say that word? So funny <laughs> highlight some of the funniest glitches in the, in the game. Uh, so <clears throat> there's a glitch. I have not seen it, but there's a glitch that is making uh, penises pop out of pants. That's a fun sentence to say. Um, and Just so you like, happens. you'll, <laughs> I, yeah, I know it's so embarrassing ah! and inconvenient. <laughs> it just pops out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like penises are clipping through pants. Uh, and so like your, your character will have pants on and it's just hanging Can't out. Hold this anyway. back. Um, it, you know, it reminds me of the, the scene in the office where Michael's like making fun of the flasher and he like puts his pointer finger out as his pants fly. <laughs> um, and then it was also happening with like, uh, like characters with breasts, their breasts were like popping out of their shirts um so this this game is just all about you know showing off the good stuff i guess i just wish there was a glitch that was like (laughs) fix the issue where the penis interfered with you completing a mission like Mm -hmm. there's so many of those referenced before um there were glitches where people were getting like npcs would get shot and they would fly out of their car (laughs) um so apparently the it just hit them just so so hard um Let's see what else was happening. Uh, oh, there's there's visual glitches where like characters look like a five year old drew them, um, like just so bad. Like, so I'm I'm getting this article from Mashable.com. If you guys want to check this out, it's called what is it called? I think it's just called yeah, the most hilarious Cyberpunk 2077 bugs we've seen so far. Uh, there's a whole list, and it's it's it would be funny if it wasn't so tragic. Think. One of the, one of these posts, somebody posted their glitch, and they, their caption was just "nobody nobody made them put this game out." <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, oh, there, there was one. There, there was one user that that just had like in one building, the floor was covered with tiny trees, just little miniature trees growing up out of how a a floor. How does that happen? I I like, don't I don't understand it. Because to uh, me, somebody had so to weird. have created that initially. And like, who was like, oh, I'm going for this real futuristic look with tiny trees all over the floor. Like, nah, let's so patch strange. that. So yeah. strange. Yeah. So there's, needless to say, there's a lot of bugs in this. Um, and while we're talking about bugs, I just wanted to make this point real quick. I've seen a lot of comparisons made to No Man's Sky. 
Uh, and I've, I've already said how much I love this game. But people are comparing the launch of Cyberpunk 2077 with the launch of No Man's Sky. And if that's a comparison you're making, you're a moron. Because they're not comparable. No Man's Sky launched in working condition. It was not dense. Like, it, it was fairly sparse. I will give you that. There wasn't a ton to do. Um, and they added, like, they've added a ton of features and, and story content and a bunch of other stuff since then. I've loved No Man's Sky from the beginning precisely because it does feel, like, very lonely when you're playing it. I think that's part of the charm. It's, like, eerily lonely. But No Man's Sky completely worked. I didn't have crashes. I didn't have glitches. I didn't have bugs. I didn't have anything that was game-breaking. It just wasn't super densely populated. This game is crashing. Like, I've had multiple crashes myself. There, I mean, you heard, like, some of those fixes in that list. Like, mm-hmm. the requests that just couldn't be completed. There's, like, there's things that literally just don't work in this game. And people are, people are, it's it's literally game-breaking on PS4. I didn't put the story in here, but, like, um, PS4, like, is not known for refunding, uh, like, digital purchases. But PS4 has been refunding cyberpunk purchases uh, that were bought digitally. Um, now, like, The Witcher 3 when it released also from CG project red was also essentially unplayable at release on PC, which is crazy. Like it, for some reason it was PC that was affected most, but that's interesting. Um, so this, this is also not the first time CD project red has had a hard time on a specific platform. Um, and then lastly, while we're talking about CD project red, I thought this was interesting as of this morning, Evan uh, CD project red on their website posted an update and it's an apology, but it's fairly damning, I think. So I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing. If you guys want to check it out, um, it's just it's on CD Projekt Red's homepage. Um, it's the URL is slash news slash important dash update. But they say, first of all, we would like to start by apologizing to you for not showing the game on base last gen consoles before it premiered. And in consequence not allowing you to make a more informed decision about your purchase. We should have paid more attention to making it play better on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Right out the gate, they acknowledged that they hid the game on last-gen consoles. Now, I said earlier that most reviewers got PC codes to review the game, and I want to talk for just a second about sites like IGN, Game Informer, whomever else, if you're a game review site. I only saw one gaming websites like sort of journalism site say like call this out that they got a pc review and they thought it was very strange that they didn't get console review codes before release like embargoes were really strict for this game uh and that website is um kind of funny uh greg miller um founded by greg miller and colin moriarty back in the day colin moriarty has since gone on to do colin's last stand um and sacred symbols is his podcast but kind of funny um talked about this and they like they called this out which i appreciate because they were basically saying like something is obviously wrong here because they only release pc review copies it's still glitchy on pc but it's really weird that we haven't gotten console review copies um and so they they called that out and they said it seems like they're hiding this game on console probably for good reason turns out it's true by cdpr's own (laughs) admission so that seems kind of shitty they go on to say they, they're going to fix you know bugs and crashes and they're going to keep supporting the game. Um, 
But then lastly, I thought this was interesting too. They say, finally, we would always like everyone who buys our games to be satisfied with their purchase. We would appreciate if you would give us a chance, but if you're not pleased with the game or you're on your console and don't want to wait for updates, you can opt to refund your copy. For copies purchased digitally, please use the refund system of PSN or Xbox. That's not working for everyone, by the way. Those are getting refused. So they do say, um, you know, for box versions, please try to get a refund at the store where you purchased it. But they said, should these not be possible, please contact us at helpmerefund at cdprojectred.com and we will do our best to help you. Starting from today, you can contact us for a week up until December 21st, 2020. So... As of this morning, you have a week to contact them to get your refund if you so choose, um, and they will help you out. So if it's little, literally unplayable for you, uh, they're they're at least trying to make good on that. So I mean, they're making an effort here. Yeah, I Due to like PR, but they're making an effort. Yeah, yeah. My, I'm so torn because I do, I do really like the game. I, I love the story so far. Um, I've been surprised multiple times and I'm, I'm still like in the beginning, dude, like apparently you can play this game for hours, like 10 hours or so. And like hit the title screen at 10 hours. Like it's insane. Like this game has a lot to it and I haven't hit the title screen yet. And I'm like combined, you know, with my couple playthroughs, I'm like 12 or 14 hours in, but, um, I really like it so far. I think it's really cool. I'm going to keep playing it. I'm looking forward to playing it more, but I can't, I just don't think I can recommend it right now to people. Um, and that's a shame. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's CD project red and cyberpunk 2077. Um, we've kind of talked it to death, I guess, but like any other thoughts or anything on this? Like after, I, mean, after I think it's that information dump, <laughs> wait a bit, wait until the game's been fixed and they've released a few more, uh, patches here. But yeah, I, I mean, you know, if you've already got the game, are you going to ask for a refund? Probably not. Like, there's enough to know where the game's going, and it's, it's. I don't know. I feel like you may as well just keep it. It's tough. Wait until the update comes out. Yeah. Unfortunately, which goes back to how broken is too broken. <clears throat> but I think that's all in the eyes of whoever's playing. Yeah. While we're at it, obviously not sponsored <laughs> because because I don't think we've been super kind to CD Projekt Red or Cyberpunk. <laughs> but like, I have I have my uh, physical copy in front of me, and I just wanted to show like. If you got it from Best Buy, which I did, um, it included a lot of pretty cool stuff. And I, I don't think at least some of this was included from other retailers, but it includes postcards from Night City. So I'm going to show you, Evan. People listening can't hear, but, you know, whatever. Um, so it includes postcards from Night City. Night City, so that's pretty cool. It includes a world compendium. So if you're interested in, like, story stuff and, like, world building, um, that's cool. There's a unfoldable map of Night City, which I think is pretty cool as well. Um, inside the case, there's these like badass stickers, dude. Like, I gotta get this T-shirt too. But there's a sticker. There's a band in the game called Samurai. Let's see if you can see that. You see that like top sticker? Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. there's a T-shirt with just that on it. It's like a black T-shirt with just that on it. It's so cool. Uh, so it comes with stickers. I love stickers. I usually don't put them on things, but I just, I love stickers for some reason. Um, and then the Best Buy uh, edition also included a steelbook case uh, for the game as well. Um, and it was random. Like they had several different covers you could end up with. So um, if you're into collectibles uh, like I am, that's some, some cool stuff you can get with the game. Uh, but, you know, maybe wait. Maybe, maybe uh, wait on it. 
in like the more recent versions they're putting apology letters in there too oh man i would i would hope custom collectible dude and it also like it talks in the it talks inside about like they they try i think in ways to be super consumer friendly they talk about free dlc and stuff like that so like you you do get some like digital goodies for buying the game that you like you can redeem immediately uh and then there's like upcoming dlc um that supposedly is going to be free so we'll see what happens but um yeah so that's cyberpunk hey everyone i am splicing this in after uh we recorded the day after we recorded our episode of casual sweats uh we talked a lot about cyberpunk 2077 and cd project red uh how stock prices fell after release how the game is so buggy and um literally the next morning uh after we talked about it tuesday morning the the 15th it would be um some more news came out and so i thought uh we should probably include it here um there was a uh conference call with uh investors and cd project red um about you know stock prices falling about the launch of the game how buggy it's been um and details of that call have uh now gone public there are transcriptions uh transcriptions uh of that call um this this story come coming from game informer uh but i I thought we should include this here so um the article says following the news that stock has seen a noticeable decrease since the perceived failed last gen launch of the game a conference called cd project red has gone public revealing no plans in place to actually deliver the promised refunds i want to pause there uh we read CD Projekt Red's statement on this, and they did not say that they had deals. People are complaining that CD Projekt Red implied that they had deals in place with PlayStation and Xbox to refund things. I did not get that from that quote. Um, I don't understand how people thought that. They never said they had deals in place with those companies. They said, try to get a refund from PlayStation or Xbox, and if you can't, contact us. Uh, but in any event... Um, no plans in place to actually deliver the promised refunds returning to the article and how the oversight happened with such a dramatic decrease in performance on Xbox one and PlayStation four systems, despite numerous promises to the contrary. Um, so the call starts with, uh, the joint CEO of CDPR, um, Adam Kaczynski talking about the post launch decline of the game's standing with consumers. Um, and then the, uh, the studio's chief, um, uh, or sorry, co-founder, um, Marcin Nowinski and, uh, Michael Nowakowski, a board member. Um, they, they went over a lot of things, but, uh, regarding, um, the article says regarding how is it even, even possible that it has come to this regarding fan perception, the call opened up by saying after three delays, this is a quote from the conference call. After three delays, we as the management board were too focused on releasing the game. We underestimated the scale and complexity of the issues. We ignored the signals about the need for additional time to refine the game on the base last-gen consoles. It was the wrong approach and against our business philosophy. On top of that, during the game, we showed the game mostly during the campaign, sorry, we showed the game mostly on PCs. This caused the loss of gamers' trust and the reputation that we've been building through a big part of our lives. 
That's why our first steps are solely focused on regaining those two things. We are concentrated on fixing Cyberpunk on last-gen consoles. The first substantial set of fixes was released over the weekend. The next set of fixes will be released within the next seven days. Big updates are planned for January and February, together with smaller fixes. Of course, PC gamers will also be getting regular updates and fixes to improve the game. We will do everything possible to prove that we stick to our values. Um, so that's that's the quote from the conference call. Uh, this, to me, listeners, you can tell me or Evan or us if you feel differently, but this is just such horse shit. Um, they're not proving that they stick to their values because they already proved that they don't stick to their values. They this They're confirming in no uncertain terms that they knew – there were awful, awful, horrible, huge problems on PS4 and Xbox One, and they released the game anyway. Um, and it doesn't even work that well on PC and PS5 uh, and, and Xbox One X. Like, So they, they didn't do anything correctly. They didn't release it correctly at all uh, across the board. So um, the... This is just this is just more aggravating than what we already knew. Um, but the Game Informer article goes on to say, uh, you know, investors on the call were then able to ask questions, asking what happened to make sales decrease so much in a span of just four days, especially so for last gen consoles, yada yada yada. Um, and uh, at one point, um, I think an investor asked about how uh, this was even released with these, um, I read this in another article. I can't remember where, but at one point, uh, another investor asked how this was even released with these issues known. And, um, CD project reds response said something along the lines of, we assume that PlayStation and Xbox allowed us to release this game because they assumed that we would fix these issues before release. Um, and that's not how that works either. Um, I, I've, I, you know, I'm not a professional video game reporter or journalist, but I do know that when a developer is getting close to releasing a game and there are things that will not pass certification when they are trying to get certified to release, they can apply for what's called a waiver, I believe. And so they can ask, uh, you know, PlayStation or Xbox or whomever the, the platform holder is. They can ask them and say, hey, we know that these several things are issues. We know that these will not pass certification right now, but we're asking you to just flag those and still certify the game with the understanding that we will fix those issues before release or like with a day one patch. Um, That's how that works. So CD Projekt Red did not assume that PlayStation and Xbox were assuming that they would fix these things before release. That is literally the process. That is exactly what PlayStation and Xbox were expecting um, if they if they applied for a waiver for this. So because with with the issues they're having, uh, this is a good point. There, there's no way this should have gotten through certification. So um, I just wanted to add that in. But uh, this is an excellent article on Game Informer if you'd like to read it. Um, it's it's titled CDPR Conference Call Reveals Last-Gen Cyberpunk 2077 Neglect, No Refund Agreement in Place. Um, 
And I just thought we should slide this in here. So back to your regularly scheduled casual sweats. That brings us to loot drop. We're almost at the end. Loot drop. Good job. Thanks. Um, Upcoming video games. I, I only got three here. We're coming down to the end of the year. There's not a ton releasing, but I thought these were notable. GTA Online is getting a new uh, a, a heist, I guess, a new some new story content. Um, hmm. if, if people are still playing GTA Online, uh, which apparently a lot of people are, it's called the Kyle Perico Heist. Um, it's coming to every platform that GTA Online is on, obviously. Uh, that's coming December 15th, so as of recording this podcast, it is coming tomorrow. Um and as of listening to this podcast, it was coming. It's coming yesterday. So that's how that's how time travel works. <laughs> um, PUBG season ten is coming. I they're still supporting this game, which is crazy. I haven't heard a lot about PUBG recently, but season ten. They're in season ten. Uh, that's coming December sixteenth on PC and seventeenth on Xbox and PS four. Uh, and then Fall Guys Season 3, this game is adorable, and I can't wait to jump back in for Season 3. They're doing a bunch of winter content. Um, I didn't see the title. I couldn't find the title anywhere, but it's a bunch of like winter stuff. Uh, the release trailer was really cute. They played it at the Game Awards. That's coming December 15th as well, uh, fall, uh, Fallout Guys. Fall Guys Season 3. Um, so check those out. Which, if you do your training from that Fiverr oh list or Fiverr coach... And it's going to be You're a new come season. Into season three I, hot. I wonder if he's going to have tips for the new season. I'm probably not going to get my money's worth. I don't know. Unless he's getting the like premium package. Copies. I might need the premium package. You're right. Yeah. So he can spend more time with me. To, to it's the most value that you get. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. You get well, a quick we'll review and a, a more detailed review. Yeah. We'll have to see what I can get. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that now. <laughs> um, all right, Evan. That brings us to the final boss. And I would like to know from you, Evan, Josh. what are your final takeaways from our, our conversation today? I've got to go with video games are good for you and they're being prescribed now. Video games what? are literally medicine. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All video it's crazy. games too. We're, we're, you know, I'm sure this neuroscientist, every video game character, is medicine. Yeah, yeah. Like he created a very specific game. I'm sure it probably sucks, but it's oh, I being meant, prescribed. I meant to mention the name of that game. It's called Endeavor. Um, if anybody's uh, interested to look it up, um, the game he created is called Endeavor. And I'll give you the spelling of his name in case you want to look him up too. Uh, it's Dr. Adam. And then his last name is Gazelle. It's spelled G-A-Z-Z-A-L-E-Y. Um, super cool. But yeah, video games are literally medicine now. Uh 2020 what a crazy year video games Dude, this is literally like it's got the whole pharmaceutical vibe to it too mm-hmm. endeavor rx tm yeah the first and only prescription treatment delivered through a video game yeah that's so is cool this, this is covered by insurance too it's wild oh yeah that you would have crazy. to assume it is yeah dude how crazy would it be to be like yeah my my insurance bought me a video game <laughs> oh yeah how would you like to pay for it oh my hsa yeah, yeah. That's wild, dude. Yeah, my Blue Cross Blue Shield to cover it. Um, yeah. Dude, wouldn't it be crazy if eventually like some kind of proof could be shown that like every video game to some extent is medicinal for like certain conditions and then you could just get like an ongoing prescription from your insurance like a game a month or something 
So like you're getting like sixty seventy dollars a month to just buy a game. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome that if your insurance be... company was just subsidizing your your hobby? <laughs> Holy crap, that would be insane. Ah, <laughs> oh, that'd be so great. Uh, please let that happen, uh, video game gods. Um, I think my takeaway is uh, I don't like that exceptions are being made for game developers to release broken or incomplete products when we wouldn't accept it from any other industry, and that's that's. Even given the fact that I own Cyberpunk, I'm enjoying it, I'm going to continue playing it, the, the fact that it doesn't, they released it on platforms where it just absolutely does not work, I think is unacceptable. So, I think that's fair. Plain and simple. Um, all right, Evan, let's talk quests before we wrap up. Our quest from last week, one of our quests from last week, I didn't complete either one of mine, Evan. Yeah, I, I failed. Uh, but one of our quests from last week was to hit top 10 in Warzone using only green floor loot and get at least two kills in that game. Uh, I didn't even break the top 20 trying to do this. This, turns out, is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, I didn't have any chances to get anywhere <laughs> close to top 10. And I, <laughs> and I was even like fudging the rules a little bit. I was playing with my buddy Andrew, and um, he was like, okay, so you can only use like up to green floor loot right and i was like yeah and he was like does that include like kill streaks and like you know throwables and like you know peripherals and stuff and i was like nah nah i can use kill streaks it's yeah fine. everybody's <laughs> got to have a limit i need some kills uh, yeah i was like i can use airstrikes it's fine um so i had like a green sks and i was just like calling it airstrikes on people and i still couldn't do it but uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with that one for this week i want to i really want to try and and get that um I, I think it'd, I think it'd be super cool. And then if I get it, I'm going to like post some of my gameplay from it, I think. Um, so if we get it tonight, Evan, who knows? Um, and then the other one, I think I think you issued me the challenge of, of finishing, like actually finishing a game in my backlog this week. I didn't do that either. Uh, Cyberpunk. Hey, man, if this one keeps getting on the list, we're so, going to have to talk about that. I know. I... I, I literally should talk to my therapist about this and see if there's something to unpack there. Cause I feel like there's something under this, under the surface. He's going to uh, prescribe you a game. Yeah. He's gonna be like, listen, <laughs> listen, you need to start and finish this game by our next session. And then I'm going to have to tell my wife, sorry, I, I can't, I can't go on a walk with you. My, my therapist, therapist said me. I have to play this game. Um, so I didn't complete either of my challenges. I, and Evan, you said you didn't get the green floor loot thing either. Not even close. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's keep that one for this week and see if we can do it. Um, let's see. The other ones that we have on the list. Well, finish one game this week is is that's mainly directed at me. We also have who can get the most concurrent views on a stream this week. Um, we still got to get you to play a Zelda game at some point. And we have video game Who Am I, which we would be playing on next week's episode. So do any of those also sound interesting to you? Or would you like to just stick with Green Floor Loot and Warzone? Let's go. We could do the video game Who Am I as well. I think yes. that's a, a fun one and something that we can definitely accomplish here versus right. setting an unrealistic <laughs> expectation of winning. So we can, or so we can definitely complete one of these. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Sounds good. So, all right. So we're each going to pick a character. It's standard 20 questions rules. We'll each pick a, ga- a character from any video game. Um, I'm going to say like within reason, you know, like don't make it too obscure. Cause I like we're into video games, but we're also not experts. So 
I won't make it like... Well, I mean, you've definitely played more games than I have, so you could pick so many different games where I would be like, I have no idea who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not going to like... I'm not I'm not going to try to make it like impossible for you to win. I'll, I'll try to pick like challenging, but not too challenging. Um, yeah, and then we'll do that. Uh, where should... Should we just do it at the end of the episode like we're doing now? Yeah, next yeah, week? I think that's okay. fine. Um, so we'll do that next week. And um, yeah, I think that's all we've got. Uh, but listeners... If you have any questions, if you have any corrections, if you have any ideas, or if you just want to talk to us, if you're lonely and you just, you just want to hit us up and talk for a little while, we're nice guys. We're talkative guys, obviously. Yeah. Hit us up. So you can you can email us at casualsweatspod at gmail.com. Or if you're not an old fart, you can use the social media uh, and hit us up on facebook.com slash casualsweatspod. Um, yeah. So listeners, thank you for listening. Evan, thank you for giving me a year exclusive premium access to your OnlyFans. I'm excited to check that out. You're welcome. And uh, that's it for the episode. Stay sweaty, friends.